Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 88. We are back actually in the basement again, no longer at the kitchen table this week. We're here to bring you a completely COVID-free episode of FNS Wrestling, right? Probably. So we are free of COVID, tested negative a bunch of times, Yep. safe to share the same tiny space and contaminate the air together. So that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously lingering, you can probably hear, I don't think either of our voices sound perfect yet, but nope. definitely better than last week, right? So yeah. if, if you were able to get through 87B last week, then you'll probably be okay for 88. Um, appreciate anyone that did listen last week and got through that. I know I got some feedback that uh, people were listening, so that's good. Um, I don't know what's new with you other than you uh, made your first ever sports team at school. That's pretty cool. Didn't yeah. Mean? Yeah. Kind of on a technicality. You might have made it anyways. Who knows? Yeah, but... Made the badminton squad, the so... easy route, yes. That's cool. Going to be playing some doubles, and badminton's one of my specialties, so... Uh, yeah. That's good. You stayed after school today to get a little bonus training in. You're lucky to have yeah. Dad with the key to the gym, man. Yeah. You can get in there anytime and practice, so that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. What else, yeah. what else is new with you? You got a haircut? Yeah. Maybe that's not well, that, new. No, that would have been new the last week. Your grandfather's 70th birthday party was last week that I didn't go to. But you did mm-hmm. and had fun. That was, no, I think that was before 87B. Was it? Yeah. Because remember, we did on the Sunday oh, because of that. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Um, that is true. So never mind. Forget we I said up, that. That's back, not... We went up to his actual place on Wednesday. Yep. We went to his house, all of us, without COVID. To Which the... was an inclement weather day. Oh, yeah. We had freezing rain and stuff here. So as we've, I think we've talked about it before, they now just close schools um, right. when buses are canceled. So that meant a day off for everybody. And then we headed down to your grandfather's house because the weather ended up not being bad. I mean, it was super windy and rainy, but nothing crazy. Um, Yeah, and hung out with him for his 70th and the dog, the big old German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. And your aunts and uncles came, which is nice. And you're, I think, seeing your aunts and uncles again tomorrow. Yeah. Which is fun, right? Or at least mainly. Well, I think now the plan is you're coming for lunch with mom and I. Is that the Chinese food, right? Yes. And then Phil's taking you to his place with him. Chinese food. We're discussing our saturday activities live I specifically not live, wanted to go because chinese food i know you love the it's it's like legit chinese food so yes. it's delicious but anyways that's chineseiest of chinese foods it is it's quite good um i don't know what else is new with me nothing really another week of work is done another week of school is done mm-hmm. i'm back to work in full time feels pretty good got through a couple right of weeks this was now. the first because last week was march yeah last week was march break okay yeah so this was my first week back full time after healing from my slipped disc or whatever it was that was torturing me for a good month and a bit there but yeah feeling pretty good um, could call it a case of human oldness just it is it definitely is just a lot of extra stretching anytime <laughs> i have yeah. free time yeah, i'm yeah. down on the floor stretching but anyways yep. still feels pretty good so i don't know what else nice. you got to say anything anything exciting uh anything new in the world of marvel new world of star wars you showed me um, the trailer for uh kenobi yeah it looks pretty uh, fun i can't remember those yeah but so that's may 25th show um well, as of the recording of this podcast, we are a week exactly from the release date of Morbius featuring right. Jared Leto, or as I like to call him sometimes, Laird Jetto. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so the critic reviews are not too hot. Uh-oh. Some would say very not good. <laughs> Uh-oh. But I... Doesn't mean you won't enjoy it. I still have hopes for it. I mean, I, 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 I never expected it to be anything like... It'll, it's it's pretty minor compared to the Marvel Studios stuff because this is just a Sony Marvel project. Right. So it'll probably be like mid to maybe kind of good, but it's not going to be like anything. I think Keaton's now only in the credit scenes, which kind of sucks, but... 
You might enjoy it. Sometimes yeah, critics I think don't I'll like, like things and And also of, I'd like thing like to like things that people don't like. Speaking of liking things people don't like, I got tangled up in a thread of absolute love for current NXT. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's weird. And I kept scrolling because it was basically like, here's a little summary for people who stopped watching it and might want to get back into it. And then it was like I got caught reading comment after comment. So I'm like, where are the people that don't? Li-? And it was everybody like, really? oh, it's really fun. It's the best thing. Best wrestling show each week. I look forward to Tuesdays. And I'm just like, how many people working for this program are putting comments? In right. Here? Yeah. I don't also, know. next Wednesday is the start of uh, Moon Knight. Uh, oh, yeah. New Marvel show featuring Oscar Isaac, who, you know, would Poe Dameron. Yes. Cool. Um, so that that looks really good, actually. Nice. Um, so that kind of you could watch that if you want, but yeah, probably weird. Probably weird. Yeah. Why? Just because I'm not up on everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm sure it's an you interesting could explain concept, it to me. But yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't connect with us. But so that looks really good, and then, um, yeah, I need to find people's things to put in Jello because people's Friday is funny. April first. Oh, so that's still I your plan. To, uh, yes, I'm. The goal would be various people, but I will settle for one. All right. Well, so it's good to have to goals. Attainable goals are important. Steal pos- small possessions that are easily fit in Jello, but not destroyed by Jello, because we don't want to destroy people's stuff. Maybe we do. <laughs> well, you might want to, but you should. <laughs> but anyways, I don't know. I'm ready to talk about wrestling. Are you? Yep. Got a busy week of stuff this week. We're back. I think we've got most of our usual stuff this time. So I say we get started and talk about some. Uh, First thing is usually news and rumors, so I say we do that right now. So ratings-wise, we've got Tuesday's live edition of NXT 2.0, drew 628,000 viewers, so basically the same as last week, up 0.64%, and earned a 0.14 in the key demographic, which is exactly the same as last week. So the decent ratings that they got held steady this week, um, and it's the best audience since January 11th and the third best of this year altogether. So solid numbers for them, and obviously if whatever network they're on, what network are they on? Uh, USA? USA. If they're happy with the ratings so far, they'll be happy with that one, I guess, too, because it's in line with or slightly better than most of their ratings. Um, And then Wednesday's live edition of AEW Dynamite, got back up over a million viewers with 1.046. So they picked up about 5.34% from the week before and earned a 0.41 in the key demo, which was up almost 8%. So it's the highest key demo rating and total viewership since February 9th. So that's a nice number for them as well. I always, as I always say, I like to see them up over a million. So pretty solid ratings for both of those shows this week. And I didn't bother with impact after there record low what was it 68,000 that they did last hmm, week yeah. so um maybe we'll come back to them at some other point but uh what do you have for us um so triple h has retired from in-ring competition so yeah that's okay. either cool or something that does not matter at all or it's a giant work and he's gonna do one more match or one more run exactly or, that's what i'm what, saying because retired either, in wwe means well in wrestling right? either cool that that would be a big deal it's either a big deal or a sham right Oh, I don't know if it's a big deal if he's actually retired. I don't. He should be right. He's got heart condition. He's getting old, and well, I mean, well, because it's Triple H. I just think part of it will be his own vanity because I think if he can't get himself into shape that he approves of or thinks is good enough, like I don't think he'll. You know what I mean? Probably, yeah. And I, I'm not saying that's a terrible way to be, but I just think he has a certain standard of his own physical appearance, and if he can't get back there, 
um, with that condition, maybe he can't train hard enough or just by age or whatever that he right. may not be on TV other than yeah, yeah. like a whatever authority role. But anyways, oh, I, it doesn't matter to me. He COO. should be done. Can't Leader be, of the authority. Can't bury anyone else, you know. <laughs> um, what do I have? You for can us? find a way. Josh Woods will defend the, the pure. Goods. Yeah, the Goods Woods will could, uh, defend the pure title against Wheeler Yuta at Supercard of Honor. The bestest so, friend. So already some more um, AAEW and Ring of Honor sort. Of, although Yuta was in Ring of Honor as well, but um, yeah, I mean, back in the pure tournament, right? So, Actually, yes, that's right. Josh Woods is an absolute beast. Um, I don't love all of his matches because he does do a lot of uh, realistic amateur wrestling stuff, which isn't my favorite, but the man is a monster, and he should contrast well with Yuta, so it, it could be a pretty interesting match, actually. It's one I don't mind Did being there. Did you see there. there's a Swerve versus Alex Zane? Oh, yeah, that should be awesome, too, right? That should be... I, I'm probably going to check out that show, to be honest. I don't know if you want to do a bonus episode or not, yeah, how much it interests um, you. Yeah, I really hope that they brought back to the rest, but I knew that I'll was still coming. watch it. I knew that was coming. I'll still watch it, yeah, regardless, because I like right? Swerve. And just to see new ROH and what it's going to look like and where they're going, I'm curious. I feel like this will be like the last time, and then it's like we'll see actually what the AWROH will be, because I feel like this is like... They'll hold on to it the... It was world. already kind of planned before the right. buyout. That's true. Well, like, not a lot of the matches, but there's Gresham Bandito for that. But, I mean, even what's it going to look like, right? It might look different. It might, might feel different. Oh, yeah, they might have a better budget now, It right? might be different commentary. Like, I don't know if it's Rick Avani I hope they have, back, like, a better set and whatnot. Like, because now so with AEW backing them, they could totally do a lot better. Because for years, one of my big problems with ROH was production value, right? So that, exactly. that should no longer exactly. be a problem with Tony Khan's right. deep pockets. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Um, So we have... Pete Dunn's quote unquote thoughts oh, on Butch. I'm sorry, who? Name change and I do not know this Pete Dunn person. Oh, Butch's <laughs> thoughts on butching. Poor Pete Dunn. Butchering sorry, people. Pete Dunn. And what were his thoughts? So I got two extensive quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so first one, uh, Pete Dunn being the thing is to me whether it's a name change or whatever changes, that's not uh what really endeared me to the audience in the first place, right? I'd like to think, anyways, the quality of the in-ring work, and that's what I'm going to keep the same on me nostra. I highly doubt it. Right. Of course. And it's going to get better. It's going to improve as time goes. And then the second one is, it's exciting. I've been in NXT for five years now, so time to change it up and see what we can do and push it forward with a new challenge. It's exciting, but it's also a little bit different. A uh, little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it's time to change it up a little bit. Five years, fresh start, and why not try something a little new? It's more than a little new, more than a little bit. Well, I mean, that's one of those things, like, what's he going to say, right? We're right. not going to get his true thoughts on I don't think he's trying it. to burn any bridges right. or anything. So. Not while he's working there. He can't say anything, right? So once he's released, um, which is inevitable. <laughs> yep. Um, I, and I want that. W- me too. Like, we, he might want that at this point, I would think. But yeah, he can't really be honest if he hates it at this point. You can't. Yeah, I just think anything. that's interesting because how do you not hate that? He, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he dislikes it more than he's, he's saying there, right? I yeah, would assume. I can't. I, if, if he doesn't, then I don't know if I like him as a person. <laughs> um, two new bouts announced for Impact Wrestling's Multiverse of Matches. Did you oh, I saw this? one. Um, Which is I what? don't remember. It was a tag match. Okay, so that oh, is... Oh, it was the mixed tag match. Right, so that is Impact Digital Media Champion. <laughs> uh, and, it's funny, NWA Champion, right? Matt yeah. Cardona. NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. And his wife, Chelsea Green, not Rachel Green, as I tend to call her, because mm-hmm. I'm dumb. Hot mess. They will face... She is seeming to turn... I was... Anyways, I was right about her heel turn, but anyways. Um... She will, they will face Nick Aldis and his wife, Mickey James, at that show. And it's funny because they're billing it as Impact versus NWA, even though Cardona um, is 
the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Also, Green was in NWA too a bit. Like she won some sort of women's thing at the women's show. And, she some like, right. won some gauntlet or something. And Mickey James has been on Impact for months now. And well. she was also and in NWA a bit, but like. So they're all, they've all got ties in both spots. Except Aldis, really. Except Aldis, but, well, he whoa, whoa, was, Magnus. He was Magnus, there back okay. in the day for Magnus, TNA wrestling. British yeah. Invasion. Yes, that's right. right. With Doug Williams, who's The awesome. greatest world champion of all time. I like Doug Williams. He Ooh. almost teamed Chaos with Doug Theory. Williams. Amazing yeah. move. Loved it. He um, almost teamed with Doug Williams in the Crockett Cup, but then he was challenging Cardona, so Doug Williams went with the greatest tag team specialist of all time, former WWE tag team champion, uh, D.H. Smith. <laughs> awesome david hart smith eh? yeah david boy smith jr what else you got for us i've got what one two three more look at me so Busy boy. um hall of fame stuff shad gaspard to receive the prestigious warrior award yeah that's i mean too bad it's named after warrior because he's an absolute dirtbag and i wouldn't accept anything with his name on it but nice that they're gonna honor shad because by all accounts he's a pretty awesome dude right and um, was unfortunate uh, untimely death so it's nice that they're gonna honor him that was 2020 yeah um, was it was a while ago for sure yeah i, I want to say it was, it was 2020 i want to say it was 2020 and we talked about charmel being in right i don't know if i laughed hard enough oh yeah <laughs> like what 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 is how can you like how can you go with like someone like undertaker or even vader because they include like wcw legacy right yeah, so of course vader makes sense and then you go to charmel how yeah. does that work it's because they're it, I mean, I'm, I've seen people get angry and, like, worked up about it. Like, their Hall of Fame is a joke. And if you don't know that already, like, it's just them putting in whoever they want, whatever's convenient. Like, like someone like, in, like, Teddy Long or, I don't know if they did Bischoff or, like, uh, Coco Beware. Yeah. Like, that's probably one that a lot of people would go, like. Someone I was listening to or reading was talking about now that that will forever be his new example of the worst person in the Hall of Fame. Move over, Coco, beware, because here comes Charmel, basically, <laughs> kind of idea. Right, or like Donald Trump sense. got like a celebrity wing induction, right. or like, like I don't, yeah, there's like a lot of questionable choices. Like, I think, I don't know how you can like call it a legitimate, like, sure, you got like, you're going with Undertaker, which is an obvious choice. Of like, course. It, it, First ballot in any wrestling Hall of Fame, right? Like, that's right. not controversial in but any way. But then you go to someone like Charmel, right? Like, Very it just, controversial. It's just a real, like, stark contrast, yes. which just doesn't... But they tend to always want to induct, like, a clear first ballot Hall of Famer, then someone a tier below that, and then, which you is know Vader. what I mean? And then they seem to always work their way down. Yeah, I think it's thing. weird. Like, I understand, like, Booker T, like, because, but, like... Is it because she managed Booker T and I guess like, that's all she did. 2006. She was a Nitro girl. Back oh, in the day. okay. Then right. Okay, problem solved then, right? <laughs> then why not induct like Stacy so Keebler or something? Now we know she's qualified. Yeah, why not go with like Stacy Keebler or whatever? Like I don't know. She's they weird. do whatever suits them, and if they, I think it's partly like they also consider who's going to induct them. Oh, we'll get Booker T up there. Perfect, right? So they right. like that problem. Right. No, I thought it would be Stevie Ray, but <laughs> <laughs> could be. Or like. Another thing is, like, sometimes there's people who are, like, two-time Hall of Famers, like Booker T for yes. Harlem P, which is kind of weird, but at the same time, like, what's the loophole around that? Like, you can't induct Stevie Ray by himself. Well, it's you almost know I mean? like you're going to be inducting Booker T again, right? Because everything Charmel did was with Booker T. She didn't do anything, I don't think, independently. So it's whoa, almost... Whoa, Are you trying to say Booker T was a Nitro girl? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and Charmel's also half of the worst match ever, I think. Um, oh. in TNA against um, non-wrestler oh, yeah. person. 
I've heard about that. Um, oh, buddy, it's something. Yeah, I know. Um, it is a banger. I should, I should know. It's um, worth watching just because it's like a sheer awfulness for however many minutes it is. I it's assume she got in the Hall of Fame sheerly based off of the program her and Booker T had with the Boogeyman. Well, they love those Guinness records, so if she has the Guinness record for worst match of all time, you know, that's... Or the Guinness record for dumbest Hall of Fame induction. Anyways, enough talk about Charmel. Um, <laughs> so if you can believe Tony Khan, and you usually can, he's not one for misleading us. He may, like, overhype some things, but... Well, he misleads us all the time. Oh, no, sorry, that's the, the other the guy. The other guy. Yeah, my bad. Um, so apparently it looks like there will be several female wrestlers joining AEW soon. Cool. So, so on an appearance... I don't think you'll think cool when you hear who the speculation is, but of Chelsea. one of them. No. Tony Storm. On an, yep. On an appearance <laughs> on Strong Style Live, when asked if he has eyes on female wrestlers on the free agent market, Khan said yes. I'm not going to say who, but yes, it's a good question. Without naming any specific Strong names or spoiling anything, I will tell you yes. And as for when and where, I suggest you watch Rampage tonight, so last night, um, for more info. So speculation is that Tony Storm is the person who is one of the ones possibly Oh, signing. but she sucks. I don't know. Like, she's not... She sucks. She was bad in NXT. I will give you that. But I don't think she's bad. I, there was something weird there. Whether I don't know what it was. but No, she, how do you be bad in NXT? That was the best women's I've division they had. I've seen her be good, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, twice. So, that means she's capable. With a good opponent. I don't know, because she had some good opponents in NXT and wasn't good. So, I don't know what the problem was. But I, hopefully, she's she not. figures out maybe she was injured. Maybe she was Using mental health Using her butt in her offense too much. But anyways, we'll find out. What do you uh, got? is a waste tony khan stop being stupid <laughs> they need women so yeah but not tony storm anyways carry on what else if you got? there's someone you who tony needs storm. tony storm then they probably could also use a trash bag with blonde hair you know who i forgot is even there because she's dropped off the face of the earth big swole. ruby riot no big swole got released remember that was a whole thing <laughs> but ruby soho <laughs> she sucks well, I didn't think she was very good, but... Yeah, no, she hasn't been doing much lately. Well, they just... Here's what you do. You don't hire Tony Storm. You instead wait for the next round of budget cuts. So Baszler's You hope Baszler's in there. No, I would and then, love that. And then you sign her. And if Shotzi Blackheart gets released, you don't sign her either. Oh, they would. And that would be stupid because you just signed Jeff Hardy. So if you were to sign Shotzi Blackheart too, that would be dumb. Right. More news? Um, Moving yeah. on, or we're uh, going to be here for 10 hours. WWE had made plans to have NWO appear at WrestleMania 38. That is since... Why? Deceased. <laughs> Just kidding, I know, I'm, I'm joking. Those plans have right. withered away right. uh, before Scott Hall's unfortunate passing. Yeah, right, Pete Scott Hall. You were pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, MJF, I, we talked about this a little <laughs> bit, talking to Ariel Hawani, right? Um, <laughs> what kind I, of name is that? And I think some people don't understand that he's not being serious here and people think that this is actually him like giving his opinion on wwe but anyways here's some quotes that made me laugh see i think wwe is doing great mjf said i love everything wwe is doing i think we aew are fresh and we have fresh faces that people haven't seen before i think everything right now that bruce pritchard and vince are putting out there is absolutely incredible i love it uh going on i love nxt 2.0 no you don't I love Raw. I love SmackDown. I love what Roman's doing. Roman's putting out some great, I don't know, some work maybe. Paul Heyman, a fellow member of the tribe, absolutely killing it. Sorry about what's going on with Brock. You deserve better than that. 
I think that they're putting out a great product. So, well, I, I have to agree. I think that's shots fired, but um, some people seem to think he's being honest there. But I don't. I think that's basically the opposite of everything he said. Pretty. Although I don't know about the Roman praise and stuff. Although that story too hasn't. Like it was such a good story, the Roman, like the tribal chief thing, and then it just never evolved after the Usos got involved. And it's just the same thing, it's right? It's just like stuck in place. So they had a, a mate, and that's the thing, right? Like, just beat that dead horse, WWE. They're like, oh my God, something actually got over. So just keep doing the exact same thing forever, right? And people just got tired of it. Right, there's no... There's no evolution. There's, there's no, no development. Game. It's just same thing. People cheered for it for a few weeks. So keep doing it. Anyways, what yeah. else? Yeah, I only have one more after this. There's no like end game. No. Um. So as we saw a thing that like it might be might be the Austin Owen segment for to close out night one, it but is. now That's... it's seeming like it will be Flair versus Rousey for, oh, to close out night one, and Austin versus Owens will not. That makes um, sense because it's not a match, so it's hard to close out a show with an angle or a segment. Right. But well, and the thing is, for me, like now, like obviously night two is a bigger one, so I don't think women will be main eventing there now. But like with two nights of mania, you have two rumbles. You give each rumble winner a main event spot, which is what it's always supposed to be, right. right? In theory, I think so. Right, yeah. like I mean, sure, you've had cases where Rollins wins the rumble and opens the show, mm-hmm. but like generally speaking. The Rumble winner is supposed to main event. Well, I guess at least Lynch made event. That's what they tell us, right? Right, that's what they always say. So this theoretically allows for that to be the case for both. Right. I mean, obviously, like, I don't think they... I think they purposely go other way to not say, like, that the women... Uh, woman, the woman winner will main event mania because it's never like a given. Right. So, but like, I think at least as far as the men's Rumble goes, it's always meant to be like... The they main event mania, and so now they could at least like make it true for both rumbles, whether it's supposed to always be that case or not. Although Austin's probably gonna get the biggest reaction of the weekend, I would assume. But I could see me Cody. being me being devoid of nostalgia, pretty much. I don't care. I Apparently, no the the goal with Cody is to replicate the way they did the Hardy Boys surprise at right. uh thirty three. I liken my not loving like older people wrestling to like any other sport right like do i want to see michael jordan come play basketball at 50 or whatever yes not really right do i would i rather see a young basketball player in their prime yes of course i would and that carries over to wrestling for me i just don't want to see people who have been retired and are well past their prime i'm not interested i just i don't know i guess i think we're both like that and we're both kind of weird like that because people seem to love it right but i just i always love it okay i I have have no interest always gone to bat for goldberg i think he's one of the best things they do and honestly what a technician even in his 50s i think what edge (laughs) is doing is really cool too and honestly huge brock lesnar fan too and and edge can still wrestle but i don't care i've seen you wrestle for 30 years or whatever maybe not i don't even care about his new gimmick i don't care I don't, I don't even know what it is other than he's heel and he's got purple lights because Undertaker's retired so someone else has to do it. Uh, my final one is AEW. Did you see this? Filed for two new trademarks this week. Mm, I saw WWE also did. It's something like WWE Grand Court or something. You ready for one? Mm. Uh, you, uh, Are you ready? Either, <laughs> you're either going to like it. I think you're going to like it. They is have it filed for Tony Time? Undisputed Elite. Nice. Right. I thought you'd like that one. And the final one I think is more related to merchandise and video game use is AEW colon fight forever. 
That'd be a cool game name. So yeah, I, the un- undisputed elite one gives you an idea of maybe storyline stuff going then forward, right? But uh, you can still do the thing with your hands. Exactly, same gesture. And, and it's I, not I don't robot. know if you can trademark a. Like maybe you could say that's intellectual property. I don't know how it works. I'm not an attorney. Well, that's good because but... I've mastered the hand gesture. It's yes. Super good. Do you have any other news? No, I don't. All right, so let us get this train rolling into some actual review of a show from this week. That's taking a look at this week's AEW Dynamite. When we opened the show, for some reason, I don't know why, but it happened. Uh, CM Punk versus Scott Dawson of FTR. Sorry, who? Scott Dawson. Wow. Oh, 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 my God. Uh, Dax Harwood. That is a very much a dad thing to do. That is my move. I even wrote that. Yeah, you're bad. You're cut. Taking auditions for a new podcast partner. This kid knows nothing about wrestling anymore. So contact Uh, us at fnswrestling at gmail.com if you'd like to be my new co-host. I'll even adopt you because it's kind of FNS stands for father and son. So Uh, you got to get in the family. I will accept it too. (laughs) As long as I get half of all royalties. I get half of all royalties. Half of nothing's nothing. So... Uh. Enjoy. Yep. Well, <laughs> anyway. eventual royalties. Scott what do you mean? Har- Scott Dawson, that is really weird for you. Oh, okay. Wait, what if... You're wait. becoming me. COVID. COVID brain. Ah, yeah. Lingering, well, yeah, we'll, we'll lingering effects. There's that. Could be. Scott Dawson isn't a part of COVID. Like, some something. Or, like, you mess up stuff. You lose your, you lose your short-term memory, and you rely on your long-term memory from COVID. So you're pulling <laughs> back to... 2016 <laughs> right anyway sorry go ahead um in a competitive opener um after an early back and forth to get more holds and counters there was a pendulum backbreaker by dax uh later on a strike exchange with punk getting the better dax with a single like drop kick uh later on punk looks with diving elbow but he, he gets crouched because he took way too long yes he um did. and dax then hits a huge superplex uh later after awesome. a diving hip up at dax for two because he learns nothing um he they came to what, uh, learn from the greats, but they have not. Nope. Uh, Punk locks in the Anaconda Vice, but Dax eventually gets out. Attempts a figure four. Punk uh, counters into a small package, and they basically go back and forth and pinfalls. Uh, Dax counters Punk's corner knee into a slingshot powerbomb for two, which is pretty cool. I love Dax countering all of Punk's signature uh, stuff. Another one was he countered the GTS into a sharpshooter. Or they would call it Scorpion Deathlock. They but, would. But I will not. Although, they're making more references to Bret Hart, so they may be able to call it either at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, Scorpion Deathlock's dumb. <laughs> it looks worse, too, because, well, Sting never did it great, but FYI, he is a senior citizen now, so that kind of doesn't work. Okay. But I will talk about him later, we I will. assure you. Uh, Punk... Uh, the finish comes when Punk is in the sharpshooter, and he, he counters out as near the ropes, rolls into an anaconda device, and he taps out Dax for the win. Yeah. I, uh, what'd you think? I really, really like this. I thought this was a pretty awesome match. And, I mean, Dax Harwood in singles matches, even though I don't know if he ever wins, he always looks really good to me. He just, he got a ton of offense here, right? Like, honestly, Punk did not get a lot here. And everything Harwood does... Just has great intensity and he just kind of keeps coming at you, right? He doesn't work a crazy fast pace, but it's constant. And as a bonus, he's a, he's an excellent technician, right? So I, again, I love that he countered almost all of Punk's signature moves, like Anaconda Vice, the knee in the corner, um, the GTS, all of it. 
Uh, I thought, honestly, this match was more about showcasing Dax, which I thought was interesting. And then Punk basically got to put over his own resilience, right? That he can take this beating and this onslaught from this guy and still pull out a win and actually make a strong competitor tap out. So I think Punk ends up looking good in the end, making him tap. I thought kind of everybody wins here. Um, and I thought it was a fantastic opener and another hint of a possible Bret Hart arrival, I thought, by using the sharpshooter there. Right. Yeah. You? Um, so yeah, I, I thought this was a great little opener. Dax looked great again, lost again, uh, but he got a great showing. He kind of pretty much every big move Punk had to offer. He's in control most of the match. He was. wasn't like over the top exciting or anything, but he hits hard and simple. He was running the show for most of the match, proving he's pretty much as good as on his own as he is in FTR. Although I would definitely prefer primarily FTR. I think course. the only thing holding him back from being a megastar is his look, which is unfortunate. Because I'd wish it didn't matter, but well, yeah, it does. Yeah, Arn Anderson never made it big, I guess. True. Right? So yeah, there's the example. Yep. Um, but I like them giving him the odd single showcase. I swear he's face punk once before. I think so too. I I couldn't find it, but I I just feel like he has. Yeah. Um. I also he had, he had that match against Pac, which was great uh, a little while back. On um, this one here, it's great as well. I remember saying that because I was because I knew he would be excited for Pac and Absolutely. Dax Harwood. Heck yes. <clears throat> Um, next we get a jazz promo. Uh, Jericho talks about the picture that circulating the internet of a young John Silver meeting Jericho. So young. And now he faces his idol, and he, it takes him to a new level, but not on Jericho's level. Garcia says again that they beat up pro wrestlers, and he'll prove tonight why a pro wrestler can never be a sports entertainer like him. Um, they are all getting on about how they beat down Santana and and they'll never be coming back. That kind of makes me think they're coming back. Mm-hmm. And Jericho finishes with his line, that's entertainment, again. That's not a good line. Um, <laughs> that this is fine. I still don't love this gimmick. Even it's like a satire for like the WWE yeah, stuff or whatever. And Vince, I just don't need to see this gimmick. Whatever it is, I don't want it. If it's serious, I don't want it. If it's a parody or something, I don't want it. If it's a Jericho midlife crisis or ego feeding, I don't want it. It's not something I need or want. AW. It's just not appealing for whatever purpose it's meant to serve. I don't really care what it's for or why it's for. Mm-hmm. It's just not appealing. Um, they're not effective. It's go away heat or like, I guess in the case of a faction, split up heat for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to see this. Like, I don't care why it is. I just don't want it to be what it is. Yeah. Um, I am. I'm not super on board for it. I'm less off board than you, I guess. But because I, I also get what they're doing. Right. And I do think it's helping Garcia because I think this was his little bit of this promo was like the one of the most interesting he's been outside the ring for me. But the overall, it's not super entertaining to me. I feel like this is going to exactly. be a, a hit and miss group where it's going to be like sometimes they amuse me, sometimes they don't. And to be honest, if you really want to embrace this gimmick of you're the sports entertainer, to me, Jericho should be speaking in like cheesy, scripted WWE style. You know how I'm always like, this is not how human beings right. talk. Like that's how he should be talking. Yeah. And I didn't get yeah, that he feeling here. That. Um. So I, I didn't dislike this segment, but I'm I'm not fully on board either. And I think I, the promo is fine. I just don't need this. Uh, yeah, like like his delivery is fine and stuff. It's just not super interesting yeah. to me. I'm not as down on it as you are. It feels like we're gonna be getting a lot of it though, right? So right, that's the thing. It's like I it's think I know how this week. goes. Yes, I think so. Right. Yep. Um. Next we get speaking of things I don't need. <laughs> uh, Darby Allen Sting and the Hardys versus Offo, represented by Private Party and Butcher and Blade. Um, I thought Darby Allen's some nice face paint. Just I like the skull design. He's got like some tree 
design on it too, which I always like that you kind of go incorporate sometimes. Yeah, it looked I think cool. That was cool. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in in a match that was basically an arena brawl, despite pinfalls only That's being allowed in the ring. Fair description. Yes. Uh, featuring three old people. Two of them jump off stuff. One of them is old, or is like an old goth. Who's mm-hmm. your three old people? Hardys. Oh, both Hardys. Sting. I forgot. They're both there. That's right. Yeah, They're that's both fair. old. Yep. Yep. Um, the brawl kicks off right away, and Sting dives off the top to the outside onto Private Party and Blade as Darby Allen brawls with Butcher, who he faced on Rampage. Mm-hmm. I heard all, that was a good match. I didn't see it, though. All eight pair off and brawling around the ring. Uh, Butcher's Darby in like a powerbomb position. The crowd, he swings him into a couple of walls. And then, like, that looks cool. Gently tosses him down the stairs. I mean, which I, I get why. But I think gently is a bit too strong, but yeah, it wasn't definitely. Just kind of dropped him and yeah, then rolled down the it, stairs. Darby did his best with it for sure. Yeah. Um, later on, Private Party hit a double side effect off the stage to Matt Hardy. Yeah, and actually Ooh. threw some tables. It looked pretty good, actually. They did his own move. Yes, how dare they. On the concourse, Jeff Hardy must climb a ladder. Um, and he, he goes onto a ledge on the wall. Ooh. And remember commentary is like, he's not, he's going beyond the ladder. And it's like three inches higher than it's the like ladder. It's like hardly taller than the top, <laughs> tippy top of the right. ladder. As Darby and Singh just kind of keep kind of punching. Butcher and Blade just keeping him in place on two tables. So until he hits a swan ton to them. So, yeah. Um, it did happen. Uh, Sting, the finish comes when Sting catches Cassie from the gin and juice. He's meant to set up for the Scorpion death drop, but he just kind of like, he kind of like, he holds him in the Struggle. inverted <laughs> face from face lock, but then he just kind of like struggles to kind of dig it down. They're just kind of like stuck in that position on the mat, and then he kind of comes back up as Matt Hardy hits a twist of face, so they hit simultaneous finishers, and the baby faces win. Yay! Um, yeah, I honestly thought this was a pretty fun car crash of a match. It was completely different from the opener, right? Which was more of a technical thing. And this was like, it was, it felt short to me. It was like nine minutes of just kind of spots. It didn't bother me. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, I mean, Sting struggled mightily at the finish. I've seen other people's, I think it was a written review where they said he, what was the, they, he puts him in the dragon sleeper and then picks him. Nope, he just <laughs> really, really struggled. He's old. Um, so I thought it was, for what it was, a nine-minute sort of car crash of a match. I was entertained and a very different match from the opener. So I liked it more than you did because you could never give Sting or the Hardys credit for anything. But I thought for what it was, it was totally fine. Yeah, Um, I thought it was fine. Yeah, um, I thought it was better than fine. I thought it was um, a, a Pretty much what match. I expected, but the opener was much better. Uh, the Butcher Darby stair spot was cool, but other than that, nothing you would re- expect. It was just fine. Nothing like it wasn't amazing. It wasn't horrible either. Jeff did a dive. Sting did a dive. I thought Sting it was did a fun. botch. Just a lot of basic brawling and a few regular spas you'd see in any match like this. Right. Um, I don't know if it was a complete waste of time, but we'll say it was a waste of time considering the combined age of at least three people in the match alone. You are such an ageist. Like and I don't love them either, but I don't think this the was time bad. would be far better spent on something else. Like I don't. This is just like an average arena brawl like there's nothing much to it like it just i had feel like at least there like sammy Guevara did that crazy spot in the trios match one like this one just like there's nothing i can't believe i have to be the one defending sting in the hardies but because i actually thought this was you're the fun. one who was saying like the key match it's like it's just basic plunder or anything and no like ex- but this moved really spots, fast and it was like, over it was just spot 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 there is, done and like just none of the spots were really that interesting and there wasn't as much of the like 
brawling through the crowd and stuff. It was pretty much, here's a thing that we're going to do. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Yeah, it was just a bunch of disjointed spots, too, which is just not also... No, I'm not saying it was a masterpiece, but I I was entertained. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Next, we got a quick FTR promo, which I didn't catch. So, um, like, because... I was typing the other thing, so if You're you typing your rant about old people wrestling, yes, yeah, um, but it was like, uh, I forget now, um, but it was good. I I remember I, so. D- I like check that out if you can find it because I honestly just forgot to cover it, but it, it was really good. It um uh, seemed more babyface at first, which wasn't my favorite, but then I thought so too. It just became more intense and passionate, which I kind of like from Dax, and then Cash is just staring into the camera. Harwood as, was super intense at as the end. um. This Dax is going off. Um, I wish it was more heel like, but it's still very good. I hope they demolish Gun Club, which was kind of that was the point of it. Yes, it was something about the Gun Club, and I thought Harwood's intensity was really good. And I feel like a feud with the Gun Club or an angle with the Gun Club at least means they're heating FTR up again, which I am all for, right? So if that's a a starting point for them starting to get back into the main event, I'm all for it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like this, especially Dax in this promo as well. Um, next, we got Brian Danielson and John Moxley versus the Varsity Blondes, or I guess the Blackpool Combat Club. Right, so we were nervous because right away Regal called them the, a grappling co- cooperative, right? So we were like, oh, is that the name? But no, it's not. No, I think the name's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I like it too. Um, there Another Bruno Enhancement match for Mox and Danielson. Uh, Mox and Danielson attack right away in the Brawl and Twos, which kind of seems to be the... Right as the, the bell thing. rings, they're on you. So they're not cheating technically right but as soon as that first tone of the bell goes they're kicking you in the face basically right yeah uh julia hart is sitting on the steps being weird to make it even more obvious what's happening prediction is coming true yeah yeah i just i still don't get it i don't even want it but i'm just (laughs) like i told you you know i just want that i told you so moment i don't really care (laughs) she if she she better only be a valet and even at that why why her? So yeah, she's sitting on the steps with her eye patch, not looking at the ring at all, facing out into the crowd. She's basically. sulking. Yeah, I guess. I think she's trying to look like dark and mysterious, but it wasn't. But then, great. like later on, she's sitting like with her chin on her palm. Like adorable then, little blonde girl trying to look evil is tough. And she and then she's like sitting with her chin on her palm, just like yeah. And she just looks bored. Then yeah, like she looks pe- like she just got pens- dragged there. She's pensive. She's thinking. It's, it's yeah. looks, it looks like um she Deep. just got like. Her brothers dragged her to their thing, and then she has to sit there, but she's not watching. So you were thinking of watch. yourself watching your brother play basketball. Exactly. That's where you were. That's I figured exactly that's what that was. It. Yes. Yeah, like if I had to go to a basketball game, which I have, and it's God boring. forbid um, support your brother. Basketball's boring. Yeah, well, still support your brother. You know, you could support your brother, even boring. though you don't like it, because you like him. But anyways, carry on. Do I? Mm. Uh, corner clothesline by Garrison, and then later on he goes for something else. I didn't catch one, and then Mox hits a German suplex. Uh, clothesline German suplex combo by Mox and Danielson. Um, uh, Danielson hits Garrison with the psycho knee, and, uh, which I thought, I think it always sounds funny to say that. Uh, Mox catches a dive from Pillman in a paradigm shift. Um, Mox hits rapid elbows to Garrison, and Danielson stomps on Pillman with the wrist trap. 
Um, and then Mox transitions into a sleeper and chokes out Garrison for the win. While Danielson was slapping, a, I think, the LaBelle lock on yeah. the other one as well. So Tillman, simultaneously, like, Tillman raining Jr. down blows and then transitioning to a painful submission. Right. Yeah. Um, post-match Mox promo. Mox says he's very lucky and blessed, and he has been able to compete against the best in the world, and has been able to team with and learn from the best in the world. And the one opinion he has cared about is his lordship, Regal, and his approval is the seal of excellence. He says it's a hard road, and he wears that badge with pride, just like Danielson does, too. He says they were forged in combat, and for anyone who thinks they can stand beside them, they aren't giving any free passes. And if anyone thinks they have what it takes, they need to find the part of themselves deep down that likes pain. And the only way to get a badge of honor from the Blackpool Combat Club is the hard way. Right. Um, I'm going to say it. I could watch this tag team all day long. Um, just relentless and aggressive, cool variety of painful-looking moves. I think this is the best. And like des- simple, effective team offense too, which yes. they do occasionally. The best description I can say is they are an absolute buzzsaw of attack. Right. Team, it seemed right? like also at the end of the promo, they seemed like more on the same page. Like they're both yes. like, like, I, I guess the, you could go tweeners with this, honestly. Like, cause yeah. they're both just like aggressive, like, but people love mocks. And honestly, if you tone down the healing stuff, like, you know, everyone will love Danielson. Like everyone always has. And, so like, and I, like we said, they're not cheating. They're not doing right. heel stuff. They're just killing people. Right. They seem like way more like on the same page, like just not because they always were in the matches. But I mean, like, because you're saying how like before it was kind of like a, a heel, heel and, and a face, face dynamic, which, which I, thought I, was I cool. agree. But now I think it's like leaning away from that, which I'm also yeah, okay with. Me too. I, I just this buzzsaw of a team. I love it. Um, I thought the blondes played their role well too here, and uh, Regal did his best to try and put them over on commentary, which is nice, right? So I mean, this team is making enhancement matches interesting and entertaining for me, right? So right. again. Danielson can do no wrong. Um, now that Mox is with him, I'm I love this. Ta- and I'm not. I'm usually like I don't love when you make a super team right of two singles guys. But this is working for me. I could watch them all day. It's just nonstop aggression, intensity, and both of them can work. So I, I love it. And I thought the promo after was fine. Um, it wasn't one of Mox's best, but it does give us the name of the group. So it was productive at least. But yes, an enhancement match I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this again for another really cool enhancement match for them. Uh, Mox and Danielson with Regal. Now it's a Blackpool Combat Club. Not a bad name, just gotta get used to it. I think it is kind of cool. I just have to get used to it more. I like it. Um, and I mean, I didn't love Undisputed Era first, and I think this one's already I did cool. did not like so, it either, which and it grew I, on Which me. I now, yeah. I love them. So, yeah. um, And so I guess just gotta get used to Because I think it's actually cool. It's just odd at first. Yep. Um, I think it's clear now that Julie Hart's in House of Black. I don't understand why unless it's the only valet position, in which case I'm disappointed Zelina Vega's not available. Because, like, that would just be cool. Yeah. I think she could pull that off, and she's already with Black. She's great. Yep. I mean, Andrade's kind of floundering, so there's also that. But Right. Then yeah. she could, she's got lots of history. She could reunite that alliance. Again, Malachi Black and Andrade is the coolest team since Death Triangle. Or... Get since Andre's got nothing better to do, why doesn't he stop trying to buy them? Joins them, and we can form Death Rhombus, baby. As long as he ditches the Hardy family office. Well, Offo. Okay. How dare you talk about family office? Yeah, Andrade family needs to get out of that quickly. But anyways, Mm -hmm. Um, but Varsity Blondes look fine here. Mox and Danielson got another dominant showing. Mox from after wasn't super long, but I thought it was pretty good nonetheless. Like the branding of the team, at least because for now, or for now for me, it seems like. It's open to other members because, like, when it's just like they're a nameless duo, it's just like they're the duo. But now it's like you kind of branded them, so now it's like the Blackpool Combat Club is open to 
You know yes. what I mean? But they're not just accepting people. They're making them earn it, right? Like Yuta wanted in. They slap him. He doesn't seem to be quite in yet, but he has the opportunity to sort of get in, right? So I like that right. too. He can get killed by one of them and right. then maybe get in. Maybe get in. Yep. Um. Next, MJF speaks. Um. There's a security does. team blocking the ring, facing the entrance way. Um. MJ says Texas has about as many brain cells as they do teeth. That being few, and they <laughs> should pipe down. He says it's a shame Wardlow couldn't get the job done last weekend. I'm like Wardlow, he's a man of his word and honors his business agreements, and he meant it when he said Wardlow could keep the TNT title if he won, and that's why it's a shame that he lost last week. Right, glossing over the fact that he cost him the, right. the win, obviously, in heel fashion, which um, is fun. He speaks to Punk quick and says everyone knew he had Punk beat and Punk had to cheat. He says he doesn't know when or where, but when he does uh, get a rematch, there he says there will be a rematch, and he will hand punk the most embarrassing loss of his career but even then it won't be over until he attends punk's funeral <laughs> this yeah. is on his grave yep aggressive um, he switches back to wardlow now he says he'll call him a pig because he's a greed pig if it weren't for his contract with mjf no one would know his name and thanks to mjf he is known as a roof over him and his family's heads he talks about how he won't release wardlow because he didn't sign a phony deal with some schmuck he signed a deal with the devil and he owns wardlow and he'll make his life hell like that uh jab uh, Wardlow comes out and MJ says hold on Wardlow clears the security team but more swarm him as MJ says to keep him down he says Wardlow doesn't get it and he works for MJF not AEW and MJ doesn't want him around anymore so he is trespassing and it makes him like any fan who would hop the barricade he says he will pay Wardlow and he'll pay him good but he'll pay him to stay home until Wardlow for- or until everyone forgets him and ends up forgotten and a nobody like he used to be and he tells security to take him home um, he says, people think the pinnacle is over, but that's not true. But they, they are better than ever in FTR. With FTR next week, they are moving up, or FTR in action next week. Um, and Spears finishes with the pinnacle's signature line. When you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. Yeah, uh, another excellent MJF promo. The only part I didn't like was the pig analogy that he kept coming back to. I didn't really enjoy that. But anyways. um, It, it was whatever. He Again, he masterfully works the crowd, right? Gets them to chant for Wardlow, which is... That's part of what I love about MJF too. He's not just out there to get himself over as a heel, right? He is trying to elevate people along the way, which I think is awesome. I like the idea of him continuing to pay Wardlow, but continuing him to stay home until right, because he's just like a a trust fund baby or something, yeah, right? So his money is money. no object, so he'll he'll help he'll keep him living until he's good, in obscurity but, again, right? right? Which, which I, I, I like was, that because like me too, he could just not pay him and then. Like, what if Wardlow comes back and then he has no control? But right now, he's still in control and can also get back at Wardlow still, which exactly. I think is, I think that's interesting. Like, I, th- what, I think it's cool. Because now, it, initially, what all Wardlow wanted was the money, but now he wants more than that, right? And, and MJF's going to be like, no, you can still have the money, and then you're going to just fade into obscurity, which I thought was cool. Um, and, and they can slowly, like, they can have Wardlow trying to get at MJF for weeks, right? And they continue to slow right. build this yeah, even further. Yeah. Um, I could see FTR somehow helping out Wardlow because they seem to be leaning babyface. And he was, MJF, that is, was so adamant about the pinnacle still being together that leads me to believe that they won't be. You know what I mean? Like, right. why, why are you making that such a point when it hasn't really, wasn't really part of this at all? It's just like, hey, I hear people saying this. So that felt kind of shoehorned in and leads me to believe that they're not nearly as strong uh, a united front as MJF thinks they yeah, are. Yeah, that kind of sucks because I I think FTR way better as heel. I, 
I, I am kind of interested to see them as baby faces, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But I don't think that's the ideal scenario. I can just, I, and I could be wrong, I just feel like them sort of clearly distancing themselves from Pinnacle might be the them helping Wardlow in some way, right? So whether it's helping him get out of his contract with MGF yeah, maybe, or like, helping him get an AEW contract or whatever it is, I feel like that'll be FTR's final, like, we're out of this thing right but we'll right see. I could and with wrong. um the inner circle um shedding its skin i feel like we could see the shedding same its skin nice i like that um thanks um <laughs> we could see the same for the pinnacle i mean obviously yes. not the same i don't think we're gonna get the mjf worshiping club it just seemed like a sudden hard turn into that right i think like, like maybe then mjf gets a couple more outlets or even at least one because then you get a trios match with him spears and insert name here right. um against were though and FTR, which is I think how you you could do that if you want, or you just have like FTR take on them, I guess, or Wardlow and insert name of a guy here. Yeah, again, player to be named later. Right, like to be determined. Like I think there's many ways you could go. There with are, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I liked it. MJF is awesome. There's rarely a promo that I'm gonna. I don't know if I've ever said one's bad. I thought this one was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this. It was another great big MJ promo. Back to Simon Heelways. I like the way he started. He had some good jabs at Wardlow, like the reference to the WWE contracts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I even liked him addressing insulting Punk a bit to, like, as you would say, breadcrumb an eventual uh rematch. Gr- rubber match, yeah. right? Like, um, because he he mentioned it, but he left it really open ended, right? right? So that it doesn't have to be now. It will be the, just an eventual thing, which I think I I like that. I like Me that too. works. So just to keep it um in your mind a bit like you said bread comment um i like that mjf is going to keep Wardlow under contract but use it to keep him away which i think is just like the ultimate dick thing to do here mm-hmm. which is exactly what mjf is yes. um it's a nice ongoing storyline too like you said that we can have for a bit of until of course we get that big bluff which i think they could keep because what double or nothing will probably be in may so like that's like a month and a half maybe so that makes sense so, that timeline i, would I think work. that's a decent amount of time right um, I do uh, disagree that it seems like a pinnacle is falling apart, of course. Um, when those gone, FTR distance from Tully, followed by a pretty babyface feeling promo tonight. Overall, like the segment a bunch, though. Um, yeah, me too. Next, we get a quick best friends thing backstage. Shivani mentions how it's the first time we've, we're seeing them since Yuta interacted with Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> Uh, Trent Beretta, as he will always be referred to. He is Trent Beretta. I don't know why you have to say that every time. That's his name. He changed to Trent Beretta. So I, now. I have to, now. I have to always refer to him as Trent Beretta to honor this name change. Sure, you can say Trent Beretta, but now you always say Trent Beretta. I will always honor him every time. Oh, I won't do that every time. But, <laughs> but you do, though. Um, says He says he never liked Yuta, but the rest of them trained him and brought Yuta in. And he's going to repay them by joining Regal. Uh, you says he loves him to death, but never loved Trent Beretta either. Ooh. And he says he's not trying to be the best friend he can be. He's trying to be the best wrestler he can be. You either get there or you don't. I like that last line. Me too. I um I actually like the heat between Trent and Wheeler here. I thought Beretta sounded good too, right? So, and that's, I like, I think same thing you're saying, that Wheeler's point about, like, I'm not trying to be a best friend. I'm trying to be the best wrestler. And, um, and that obviously he thinks there's a better chance of that happening if he joins, um, regal's group so i yeah I, this was super short but i think it accomplished quite a bit right like you're building that heat between yuda and beretta you're sort of hinting that wheeler still does want to join regal and mox and I Danielson. Like that too, yes. um so yeah i thought this really brief segment accomplished a lot and i liked it yeah i liked it too saw a little segment i thought trump was good i liked Yuda too i thought that last line was pretty cool it spoke fine 
Um, but he never fit best friends the best, I think. No, like, he I felt tacked on a bit, right? He was just kind of bland, so I think throwing him in was an all right choice, but like he was always an easy w- one to get rid of from this group, I think. Yeah. So I'd like him to be in the Black Bull Combat Club as long as he becomes more violent, right? Just needs to be more violent ver- version of perhaps mm-hmm. the Dakota gimmick in ROH. He's, I, I think he needs to work on hitting harder because that was part of my thing in that match. Yeah, yeah. there's like, a couple things he, you thought were soft. Right. He just needs to hit harder, become more violent, and then I think he could totally fit in because he's, he's technical like Danielson. If he can just up the violence, yeah. perfect. And storyline and real life, I feel like that could happen, right? Like right, Mox exactly. Mox Danielson could that's literally even like, teach him. That's even like two weeks of vignettes, boom, because mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be a long thing, but like two weeks of vignettes, boom, yeah. that's good, right? Yeah. Like. So I think there's potential in that. Me I would too. like that. I think that's a good place to start, too, because I think you can get better guys than Yuta, but I think that's a good place to start, too, because who knows? Maybe that makes Yuta better, gives him a character, gives him something to do. And I think it's perfect. All that they're, they're targeting young guys that just need, there's like a missing piece of the puzzle, right? right? Exactly. Yuta just needs. And he can give him that last little exactly, bit. Yep, right. I agree. Um, next, we get Adam Cole versus Jay Lethal, which I kind of forgot, but they do have a bunch of history in ROH, actually. Which they could have mentioned, because my first point They did is, mention it, but they were pretty like vague about yeah, it. Yeah, no real story or stakes, right? It was. Just I, they did ears. mention that Cole beat Lethal in the finals of a vacant title tournament, which mm-hmm. I did kind of like. At least they mentioned that. Yeah. I only know that because I watched a ranking of every ROH world champion nice. a, while, a little while ago, which I've seen before, but I just watched it again. Um, well worked in competitive TV match. Uh, there was a back and forth early on with some strikes traded, uh, hip toss, cartwheel, dropkick by Lethal, backbreaker, flatliner, aka Lethal combination by Lethal, mm-hmm. uh, figure four by Lethal. Uh, later, Lethal stops the last shot, attempt hits a cutter to cut it off. <laughs> he cuts it off. Haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I like this. Lethal looks for Lethal injection, but Cole super kicks him in the back of the head to catch it. Yeah, that was nice. And hits a pain of a sunrise for two. I think that should have been like, he super kicks him in the back head, pain of a sunrise, last shot, over. That should have been the finish. Yeah. Um, but the finish comes when Red Dragon, or sorry, Redragon, distract the ref as Lethal has a roll up. He looks for Lethal Injection again, but is caught with a low blow and a last shot for the win. Um, after the match, Cole says, nobody deserves the EW title more than him. And Hangman stole a win from him in two of their past three matches. Referring to the two trios matches, he lost the title match. He has won. That is, in fact, true. Um, <laughs> and he saw the fear in Hangman when he pinned Jungle Boy last week. And Hangman caught lightning a bottle in Revolution. And Cole shoved the bottle up his ass. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Apparently. Um, he says he brings the fight and Hangman is a coward. And he will face the three of them. Which prompts Hangman to come out. And he starts going after them with a belt until Lobo from Cole. And they beat him down until Jurassic Express and Uncle Christian uh, go and chase them off. And Cole actually escapes with the title, too, which he was holding. How dare he? Yeah, um, very good match between two talented veterans, right? I thought Lethal looked really strong. He dominated most of this match, right, until the distraction from Red Dragon. And he got to kick out of Panama Sunrise. So Cole honestly didn't get a ton in this match. But his counters to the Lethal Injection were cool and effective. Um, I thought this was a very good TV match in the middle of a show, right? Um, the aftermath, I know I don't love all of the, the run-ins after matches and stuff, but I thought this one worked because Paige continues to look like the superheroic babyface, right? Who doesn't worry about being outnumbered and facing a three-on-one. Um, and then I thought it made sense for Cole and Red Dragon because when the numbers are even and Jurassic Express comes out, the Weasley, like chicken heels want nothing to do with the fair fight right so they retreat which makes sense as well so i really liked the match and i was i liked the aftermath as well which i don't always in aew so yeah i thought this was like so far this show for me is like 
everything has been good so far, which is fun to say. So I like this. I think the next segment is going to kind of disprove <laughs> that. But, Maybe. Um, yeah, I like this too. There are some good purchases. Not the most exciting match. I think it was a solid match in the middle of the show, though. Yeah, it was good. Um, beats the main event, that's for sure. Um, I like the sequence when Lethal hit the cutter, and then but the Lethal Injection got countered. And then um, I think the other counter was cool for the finish, too. I like Cole had an answer for it twice, right. whether it was underhanded or not. And because, like, the lethal injection's very protected, right? Like, he hits that, and it's pretty much over. I still so... love the when Starks countered into Rochambeau. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool clip. It was. Um, the aftermath was solid, too. Like you said, solid promo from Cole, quick brawl. I guess Cole taking the title is interesting. I just... I hope it doesn't end up stupid like every time WWE does something like it. But I, I trust them. I yeah, trust them. that's right. It's not like they go to this well too often. No, with a, they've earned our trust. A sword at this point. or a motorcycle or a money in the bank <laughs> or a, Stealing a his necklace clothes. or a credit card. Oh, yeah. Or... Stealing daddy's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they should do. <laughs> or they should steal MJF's credit card. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they have another ladder match instead of a sonic ring it's just a little credit card yeah, uh, on sense. a on a hook yes that's <laughs> that's what they should do a credit card on a keychain on a lanyard which is hooked above the ring right yeah, i, I take my money <laughs> take my take your credit card right literally <laughs> um next we get sammy Guevara and ty conti well there was a little um for some reason there was a little our our lance archer dustin package oh, for rampage was. yeah that i was totally fine. Said, um, cause so th- it was like talking about the history cause they actually had a match back when they remember they're in like, right. the little place in Atlanta, I think it was. Yep. Um, and it was in the TNT title tournament actually where he just, he rammed his head a bunch into the mat. Um, and they have a match on Rampage. I don't think I care at all. <laughs> That's why I have no, it was not a match that interests me much. And Lambert's still no affiliated with Archer for some, some reason. Some reason. Yeah. Like, uh, Somebody must love Archer's work, or not Archer's work, uh, Lambert's work, because they do find ways to put him on the show. Speaking of which. It's not like, like, because the thing was, he does American Top Team, right? Yes. I still don't like him recruiting in the year, but the justifications were all right. Yeah. Um, With the whole MMA thing and crap. Is that Archer? No. I don't think so. I don't either. Like, so, like, what? He's basically what you were railing against when you first got yeah. here. Like, yeah. Like, and literally he beat up Lambert before. Yeah. Again, so like, I don't get it. No. It's just weird. Doesn't matter to me. Um, I clearly was amazing if I didn't even note it at all. Right. Yes. So next we come to boringness with Lambert part two. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti for whatever reason. They're really a couple after Pam uh, was... So what was your question? Is he going to do a proposal? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, take two. Is, is he going to do another in-ring proposal? <laughs> right. I mean, he did not. Well, ask Pam or John Cena. Poor Pam. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Um, Sammy says Shivani was right. I I wrote W S. I seemingly forgot the vowel. Was was right. Was right. Shivani was right, and he lost the TNT title three weeks ago. Well, yeah, I don't think he can be wrong about that, but sure. Um, but he still has the ring. Um, I imagine uh, that'd be funny if M- MJF said that because it'd have a different meaning. It would. Um, but he sells the ring inside of it. He will always give a show like you've never seen, unless it's the same match, or uh, he could do the same stuff, I guess. Um, he says he'll know. He knows he'll pay for it when he's older. See Jeff Hardy. Um, he says he's it's worth it because of the people, which again I find Aww, funny because he likes us. <laughs> That's nice. Nice to feel appreciated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. 
And it's funny because, like, you could literally look at, they just signed Jeff Hardy. Yes, it, you will pay for it when you're older. Yeah. Like, come on. Or McFoley. I, I, you could put McFoley in that category. Matt Hardy even, right? His body's devastated. From... Right, because leg drop McGee. Yes. Right, yeah. Like, or He did it off the cage once, right? Yes. And it just, that just destroys your smart. back. Right. Yeah. Uh, and hips. Ask Hulk Hogan. Yes, actually... he, his lame, the lamest leg drop ever, and that has destroyed his body. Right. Like, there's talk that he can't do another leg drop. Yeah, which is good, because... Which I say, then, go ahead and do one. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of super racist, no. That's Boom not one of, It's one of my hot buttons. Racism, who knew? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> not a fan. That's weird. I thought most people did like it, but that, that's on me. <laughs> Um, Conti says now they want payback and Van Zant will get her ass kicked just like her entire MMA career. Which I thought that design just something about the delivery was just not there. Yeah, I don't Conti know. Conti is just like I think she's great, but just and she's trying, but just the delivery not the best. No, she's I, not. I'm sorry. She's not strong not. promo at this point. Yeah, for sure. Which which sucks because I think she's great in the ring. I think that's what she's missing. Which yep. sucks because I, th- I think she is good. Yep. But uh, Lambert comes out because we had to just. Do you wearing the belt still? Right, which is funny. Oh, before I go back, Bar says they'll fight any two right now. So basically, any guy in Van Zandt, because Van Zandt's the only female member, unless they want to fight Dan Lambert and someone. <laughs> Probably. Who doesn't? Uh, that's true. He he is, as he said, the most popular co TNT champion of all time. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, he says he'll give them the land on their side. They have Ethan Page. Something about Ethan Page. The only thing Canada got right or whatever. The most popular coaching right. champion himself. Said. Something about Paige Van Zandt, who's not here because Texas sucks. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And the TNT champ, Scorpio Sky, he says on their side they have Tiny Tim and his girlfriend. Which is that like a, a reference? Is that supposed to be like some Tiny sort of Tim yeah. is from Scrooge. Which is? Or I know what Scrooge is, but like what Tiny Tim? Tiny Tim was the like... Is it a Hispanic So racism? Bob Cratchit is the em- employee that is like being taken advantage of by Scrooge, and Tiny Tim is his little son who's on, got a crutch because he's sick. So, so I think it was just a size reference. I don't know if it was anything okay. more than that. I thought it was like Tiny, like it's like a PB joke. I don't think so. I think it was just like no. you're not very okay. big. You're a cruiserweight kind um, of deal. And he says they have Tiny Tim and his girlfriend. Um, They deny the match and the men of the year walk away, and then Lambert says something, kisses the interim TNT title. And then they make a joke about how they did it while With he the had title. the belt. Like, we did gross stuff to that title, and now you just kissed it. Ha, ha, ha. NXT. Yeah, I thought that was, like... Ripped from NXT. Yeah, I was just like... And that's how you end the segment. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Like, that was weird. Yeah, I thought the first part of Sammy cutting the promo was actually pretty good. And I thought right. that... Like, this is what they should have done when he had the title because his promos were holding signs during commercials, right? Right. And I don't think that that helped him connect with fans at all. So he's capable on the mic, it seems to me, from the first part of this that I thought was good. So I'm not sure why they're now letting him speak when he's no longer a champion and he's in a... Over two reigns. To me, a minor feud with um, Lambert and his people. But anyways, the last line didn't really work for me. I saw a lot of people really liked it and thought it was this brilliant burn. I, I don't know, I guess... I'm just too old or whatever, whatever, not... I, the segment ended up being just okay, Did I think. Did he bust a nut on the belt? I guess that's what he's saying. <laughs> like, I'm, it's just weird. I'm fine with Sammy wanting his title back, obviously, but the involvement of the rest of America's top team, I don't care, right? So, I don't really know why Conti's there. Yeah, no I, th- this segment Conti. was one of the weaker things on this show, I thought. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Um, I think I think Guevara's promo before was fine. I don't think it was like anything amazing, but I think it was good. Um, just overall, this was fine. Nothing interesting, great. I just kind of there, but anything American Top Team, um, is wearing thin for me. And Conti can't speak great. Don't need her and Guevara together on screen. Yeah. Um, especially not because I know what's gonna come of it. Yeah. Um, I do not need to see the mixed tag match at all. Yeah. That does not interest me. At no Yo, matter bring who. Bring back Shaq, bro. No matter who Van Zant tags with i don't care oh to be i hope it's jorge mosby doll probably her husband no Wouldn't yeah that makes sense no i know i i just said Couples. that because that's the only guy the only name you know yeah yeah i don't even know her husband's name i don't know who it is i don't care austin idol no i don't think so austin something maybe i don't know i remember junior dos santos and jorge mosby doll right i remember i remember jorge mosby doll because Jan Lambert had showed it before Jorge Masvidal. Okay. So, yeah. Um, next. Austin Vanderford. Yeah. <laughs> Vanderford Van Zant. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Uh, next to get Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. No. Swerve. Hmm? Swerve. Damn it! Missed that too. Uh, Swerve is gonna face Starks for the FTW title, which last night right. I haven't watched it yet, but I do want to watch it. And it was super brief, but Swerve looks—he looks and sounds really cool, right? But yes, I, I, I guess love Swerve. They like Keith Lee. Not, he's starting at the bottom. It's not the, major, but they kind of poked themselves into a minor corner here because Swerve is new. But also, why would the FTW title leave ta- Team Taz? Right. Unless you want to make them so look how, like bigger. Chunks. How do you have Swerve lose? Right. Like that's—I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, the match could be good. Um. Fighting for a fake title against the mid Carter is how he's starting out in the company, which I'm, isn't I'm the okay best. I'm okay with it, though, because I think that'll be a cool match. It should so. be, yeah. Speaking of cool matches, mm, mm, maybe not, maybe not. Don't Even though so. I really like Layla Hirsch, but anyways. Next, we get Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet with emo Chris Statlander banned from ringside. Here's my complaint. You give these women one six-minute match on a show, and you put a three-minute commercial break in the middle. Stop doing that. It's Plan better. Anyways. Yeah, like it has to be in their control, right? Like they know when commercials are. They plan the right. show out. So or yeah, stop just move the match this. around it. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, go ahead. Like you, like I don't know what you do. It's like you shift. I there's this the small segment after you shift this up or something like something. shift that up. Like other shows have done it for decades, right? So figure it out because right. this is like you give the women one match and you basically put half of it in a picture in picture but anyways go ahead yep the women's match of the week yep four notables yeah go ahead that sounds right and are the notables aren't all positive probably nope one of them is (laughs) one one of the notables is that the the fact that there was a commercial break in the match yes there's one (laughs) yeah um so hirsch attacks well during her entrance there's a brawl on the outside before the match officially starts there's a commercial break interrupting the match very much. Yep. Bocce springboard by Velvet meant for yep. her to, to hit a German suplex, which mostly connects. Um, corkscrew kick, but Hirsch rolls out of the ring, possibly with Velvet's help. She's kind of like Velvet, nudging her along. I guess it was supposed to look like Velvet was reaching to go for the pin, but it but almost it looked, looked like, like she, she was pushed pushing her, her out. out of the ring. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hirsch wants to use the turnbuckle hook, but he gets taken away by the ref. She takes out a backup one. Like, she stuffed one down her trunks, and then it was on purpose. Yeah, she I know, but like she just, she has, to, okay, I guess she got both, but, um, and she hits Bella with that, and that's it. She just kind of charges at her with it, doesn't really hit her much, and then just pins her after No, that. the contact with it didn't look good. Yeah. Compared to, like, when Tony D'Angelo hit Pete Dunn with the crowbar, it looked 
like it looked like he killed the guy. This was kind of the opposite of that. He clearly killed Pete Dunne because Pete Dunne's Sorry, Butch. No, Who's no. Pete? Who is Pete Dunne? Even? I don't Who know. Am I even He's been nowhere to be found. I, but I just dead named him. That it's... is bad. Oh yeah. I apologize. Yeah, you Pete can't Dunne. do. When someone changes their name, you're not allowed to dead Sorry, name them. He didn't yet. change it. He was forcibly changed. So maybe <laughs> that's different. But um, it's funny because I was it's just Emo Statlander makes a save from Hirsch attack after. We're literally watching this match, and I'm thinking. Two women, I do like both of them, especially Layla Hurst, but they do struggle at times working a clean match. And I was just writing the note that so far this match is clean. And then there was just, I, I described it as a patch, a definite patch of awkwardness <laughs> was in my notes. So right. um, Layla Hurst cheating is fine. I didn't mind the way she cheated either. It seems like she was being smart about cheating. I just so that's wish fine. like it was like, because she, she, you know how she wrestles, right? So why wouldn't it be like, I would love it if, like, say she's been targeting the leg, you just nail her in, like, the shin or the knee with the turnbuckle hook. And then hook. apply a submission. Yes. Like, killer. use yeah. this cheating, incorporate it into her moveset, and just, instead of just being a generic heel, bashing her with a weapon yep. and pinning her. And using like, the same weapon week after week. Or, like, if she, thing. or, like, find a way to sneak that turnbuckle hook into, like, an arm bar. Like, yeah. something, something to incorporate this in a cool way, but it's just kind of like a generic, like, oh, heel cheats with the weapon. Right. So like, of the three or four minutes we got, there was like... A botch and a the unsatisfactory finish. I said the death blow looked weak and the match had issues, right? So I do like both of them, but this wasn't very good. Um, and to be honest, even the storyline, right? I don't think that we saw enough of these three because it's Velvet and Statlander. Right. I don't well, think like, we, we saw enough evidence of them being friends for us to have this right, much... Right, because we saw like... There was the matches. The matches were always on Rampage, pretty much, right? right? But we saw segments on Dynamite a lot, which is kind of on. And, like, most of them were, like, that they were friends, but then there was dissension. So right. then it was, like, yeah. And then it's been this lengthy feud between these three, but I don't think we saw enough of their friendship to have this go this long and still care Especially about it. Especially with the two and Hirsch. Like, I feel like yes. it, you could easily go with that. Statlander and, and Velvet. Velvet are friends, right. but like Hirsch has never felt like it's like they felt like she was like because she was always more serious than them. I feel like so it was like she was like kind of teaming with them and like oh they're friends, but then now Hirsch is getting. It feels mad. like they wanted to turn Hirsch heel, so they stapled her to that duo for a little bit, yeah, just long enough to be yeah. able to turn her, yeah, yeah. And it's not working for me, yeah. I, I agree because I think Hirsch is really cool. Yep, um, I thought that was fine, not great until it got sloppy again. Hurt by the poorly timed commercial break and an unsatisfactory finish. All around, just not great. Nope. Just not much of a match. And then just plagued by a few things. Agree. Low point. Um, Next, we just get a quick Carling Cargill Sterling promo. They're just planning a celebration part for when she hits her. You know, nothing much here. It was just fine. But I will appreciate and applaud that they did do something different here. It at least differentiated himself, itself, Funny, right? That's my notes. From the other ones. Like, it wasn't yes. amazing, but, like, at least it was clearly different. Yes. Um. So I kind of liked, because you've got Jade now. She's looking past her next match because she's so cocky. And that makes sense because eventually I'm sure that's what's going to cost her, right? I don't think it should be now, no. but it'll eventually happen. I think they're happen. setting that up. Um, and Jade got to speak a little more than she usually does. I thought she sounded good. And like you, right? This is similar to what they usually do, but at least a little bit different, which is appreciated because it's been copy-paste for a very long time. So this was at least slightly different. So yes, I, right. I was fine a with it. A clear this. differentiation too. Yep, I was fine with it. Mm -hmm. um, then something I'm, I don't really care about. Uh, we hear from Thunder Rosa, which what a, this was on the surface, frustrating. that doesn't sound bad, but immediately Vicky Guerrero cuts her off. It's like Rosa not... 
a good promo. Like I, I she's. Think... N- I don't think she is. However, you're bringing her out in her home state. They say her adopted home state or whatever. Are they still in Texas? The, yes. The crowd reaction she's getting is fantastic, and she's the newly crowned champion after this crazy long feud, and they don't let her say anything. So I thought that was a strange decision, especially considering what they decided to have interrupt her. So anyways, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. Yeah, Vicky Guerrero comes in being <laughs> annoying. Uh, she says Rosa may think she is the leader and she'll give her a bit of credit, but she calls herself a Texan uh, and says not to insult her state. Uh, Rosa says something about how she earned her citizenship there and Vicky cuts her off and again keeps talking and then Rosa blindsides her with a body tackle and then nothing else. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it is a big body to tackle you, I guess. I guess. But, um, but like, you, you don't see Powerhouse Hobbs doing that and then pinning no. you for the win. No. Uh, Vicky says this is a true champion. Her name is Nyla Rose. Um, she's not. She's not the champion, so she's not a true champion. Uh, this was okay, I guess. Not much, but I do like. I I do not like Vicky. Just doesn't work with her. No. Um, vicious vixens are not. That great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's funny because I'm pretty sure Nyla Rose was the first challenger for Britt Baker too, or at least like the first Though major challenger for her. Kind of so. in my notes here. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I thought this was less than okay. I thought this was a miss for me. And AEW seems to be enjoying this, like people being interrupted before they get to say anything. Like Keith Lee, it's happening constantly, right? So Jungle Ro- Boy. Yeah, Rosa got to say nothing here. And this became really about Vicky Guerrero, which isn't a good idea in 2022, right? Um, <laughs> I don't think it was ever so a good idea. So basically a hot cr- crowd got robbed of hearing like their hometown hero speak. And instead they had to listen to Vicky. And I guess that's supposed to get heel heat, but I don't think that's the right kind of heel heat. And like you're saying, I feel like Nyla is basically Lance Archer. And she's the monster that they can quickly heat up for a placeholder challenger. Yes. Right? Yes. So she's Lance Archer. Except I think she was division. more capable of being champion because she was. But I, 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 I agree. I, do, I, I agree. think Nyla's good, and I like most of I her matches. I think she could get the TBS title now, yeah, eventually. That's true. They just kind of, she disappears, and then, oh, we need a, a challenger until they face a real challenger. Which so here you go. A, so yeah. plus of having that women's mid-card title. So I think it was a smart decision by them. I agree that that's like a, the perfect comparison. She's definitely the Lance. The Lance oh my God, Lance Archer is going to become like a adjective is that they lance archered her yes yeah yeah or yeah like he's a verb like, you'll be like oh yeah or or a verb too yeah <laughs> like or like like you know how like you could call someone a Dolph Ziggler or something yeah. You, you, yeah. you could call her a lance archer she is yep so yeah. i thought this segment was <laughs> a miss funny. i was not a fan yeah um it, yeah it was not great um i like yeah you can just <laughs> You Lost can just he- heat her up, and then, like, she's... She'll lose, she's, and then she's gone again. She's not completely, like, not credible, but right. she's just, like, not credible. And, like, she is credible, but not quite enough. Like, you're, I'm not buying her at like, all. Like, how about for a few weeks before... And maybe this is happening on the internet, which I don't watch, but how about you spend a couple minutes for a few weeks having Nyla kill somebody, right? And be like, oh, yeah, she still exists, and Not she's a- bring her in for the feud. Right. Like, have it sort of like she's on a roll and she wants the title. Right, like, she's in action, she was in action on Rampage. You should have been doing that. Like, it doesn't even have to be on Dynamite. Put her in a couple squashes on Rampage right. in a couple of weeks. Like, 
I mean, sure, we don't watch Rampage a lot, but at least you, you, we, you could, they can justify it's not just on the internet shows. Right, but it's, hey, it's somebody who's done nothing for months now just walking into a title shot. Weird. Scorpio Sky. Didn't love it, but anyways, yes. Well, he's undefeated <laughs> in a year on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next we get Jazz, represented by main Jericho event? and Garcia versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Yeah, main event. My first note, I'm not sure if this is worthy of a Dynamite main event. I thought that immediately oh, after yeah. I saw them advertise this as a main event. I was just like, what? No offense. Love Dark Order. Love John Silver and Alex Reynolds. But the way they've been presented, they are not main eventers on Dynamite. No, I mean, they did with Hangman, but that's a different scenario. Yes, exactly. It's like a, right? Like, <laughs> it's just like, and they got a lot, too. So then, like. They did. Against the supposed new faction, new team. Yes. Right? Um, so there's a double drop toe hold and double basement drop kick by Silver and Reynolds. Suicide dive by Reynolds to assist an outside brain buster by Silver. So that was kind of cool. Um, diving cross by by Silver for two. There's a fast combo by Silver and Reynolds. The stunner was almost botched, but they recovered pretty well, actually. They did, yeah. Um, small package by Garcia for two. The finish comes and there was a bad cheap shot by Jericho, and then Garcia locks Reynolds in a deep sharpshooter for the win. Note how many. Um, things i noted from jazz a they didn't do much. a it was, small package roll up and the finish this was a john silver showcase and garcia did almost nothing even reynolds got like a decent uh time shine too yeah against again the new faction so i'm again not really a typical main event for sure but i thought it was pretty fun and mostly because of john silver and dark order in general like he had his running around the ringside sort of flurry and then they had the, that one string of awesome, like, stringing together offense, Silver and Reynolds leading to that um, pinfall attempt, right? Like, that always gets me. The crowd loved that, too. Um, Garcia did almost nothing, which I thought was strange. And again, so if Jericho really wants to embrace this sports entertainer gimmick, like I was saying about his promos that need to feel scripted and, like, not how human beings talk, his in-ring work needs to be slower and safer and WWE-style, right? Like, to me, that's the, the final level of this is that I'm a sports entertainer, so I don't really work that much in ring, right? But then how do you do that in a show where people want to watch people work? So right. I think they're kinda, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner where you can't fully commit to this gimmick that you're giving Jericho in this group. But anyways, it wasn't a top-notch main event by any means. Nope. But I found it entertaining still. Like I, I, Just because I love Silver and Reynolds, I like the how quick they work and their signature like flurries and stuff. So that was entertaining. It's kind of like I enjoyed it despite JAS and not because of them. Yes. And not because of them. Right. So right. Um, a fun main event, but not an AEW dynamite main event. Um, yeah. I think it was fun on the dark order side, but I don't was. think like it was fine. It was nothing amazing. I think dark order got most of the offense here and looked much better than Jazz did, um, which is kind of stupid for the new faction, but I ain't complaining because I don't like them. Um, and it was fun-ish, but again, like, just not what I'm looking for in a main event. Um, I'm just not interested in anything. I'm, I'm just not interested or bothered to care about anything Jazz is involved with right now. So it was just fine, but my expectation of an underwhelming main event is ringing true. And I thought that from the beginning, and it did not exceed or disappoint right. in that regard. Sure. Um, thoughts on the show as a show 
<laughs> as a show overall it started out really strong like i was liking the first several matches and segments and so then like first hour at least yeah it was great and then i don't think the show was bad by any means um just kind of miss us the main event was fun but it didn't feel like a main event the vicky guerrero stuff with thunder rosa was weak um the Guevara, Tay Conti, American Top Team stuff wasn't great, but pretty much everything else I really liked, to be honest. So even the enhancement match, like Gun Club Mox Danielson was really fun, right? And I liked the eight-man tornado more than you did. I, I enjoyed Wait, it. did you say Gun Club Mox Danielson? Or sorry, um, that's what I wrote down too. Varsity Blondes. Sorry, Varsity Blondes. Scott Dawson, Gun Club. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the opener was awesome. So I can still give this show... Overall, I think it earned a B plus for me. I can't put it in the A range um, because of the main event in a couple segments. Not that I didn't like the main event, but that's not a main event, right? That's not a top tier main didn't event, right? Hit, right. So I still the vast majority of this show I enjoyed and was entertained. So that's a B plus for me. It was a good show, yeah. just not an A show. Yeah, I think the first hour or so was really good. I really enjoyed that opener. One of the better ones as of late for sure. Um, like I don't think any of the second ones were super missed. I didn't love the big eight-man tag but it wasn't outright horrible so i'll i'm i'm fine with it i guess um like i like stuff like that too with it and he has match a good good again um love the mjf promo and then like i think generally everything was pretty good like even like cold lethal and whatnot it was um and then they just kind of like missed with things like the the american top team segment the women's match it tailed off at the end the thunder right? rosa the segment. and then the main event was fine but just not a main event Agreed. so the they kind of fall off a bit of a cliff at the end so I think it does kind of even out to a B plus because they started out really well. So yeah. I think it does even out to a B plus. Um, if the second half had been stronger, it would have been closer to the A range. I agree. So a good show. Um, definitely worth watching. Just not one of their amazing episodes. All right. So that's wrapping up the AEW Dynamite talk, and we'll transition into some trivia in our off the top of his head segment. So it is timely WrestleMania part two trivia. We did the first 15 yeah, said, last week. It said it was like nine days away the other day. Yeah, so I was so like, what? That doesn't sound right. But I guess right for a lack of caring, I haven't noticed. So the second half of this, I think there's 14 questions. For some reason, they do 29, which I find interesting. But anyways, uh, so we're at number 16 after 15 last week. 16 is where was the first ever WrestleMania held? Do you know that one? Madison Square Garden. Correct. Very good. Um, 17. Who is credited for coming up with the name WrestleMania? Interesting. I have heard this, but forgotten. I have options if you want. I have heard too, but I've forgotten, so I'll take the options. Lawler, Vince McMahon, The Fink, or Hulk Hogan? Fink. Fink is correct. I would have been the same once I heard it. I right. Would have, I would yeah, have known yeah. who it was. Uh, 18. Which WWE executive conceptualized WrestleMania? What? That's an odd phrasing. Which executive conceptualized it? I have no idea. So here are your options then. Okay. Gee, I wonder. Stephanie McMahon, and think of how old WrestleMania is, right? Triple H, Vince McMahon, or Shane McMahon? Vince. <laughs> like, that's one of those Triple where H I, wasn't even there. Where I give students advice on, on multiple choice tests, right? Like sometimes it's process of elimination. You don't know the answer, but you're like, can't be that one. Right. right? So like, like Stephanie as a child or a right. newborn baby or, or Shane as a probably pretty young too, right. and Triple H, H before he was there wouldn't debut for another decade. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, Nineteen. What is the name of the WrestleMania event first organized with the Trump Gur saying that organization? 
right? What is the name of the first WrestleMania event? So something like surrounding W WrestleMania. I have options I have no if you idea. want. So WrestleMania Access, WrestleMania All Access, WrestleMania Access spelt with two X's instead of C's. Yeah, that. Or WrestleMania Fest. You're saying WrestleMania Wrestle Fest. Wait. WrestleMania yeah. Access with X's? WrestleMania Fest. Oh, you should have gone with your instincts. It was WrestleMania Access. Well, because the they X's. still do that, but I didn't know if they did that back but then. But now isn't it All Access? Or is it just access? It was WrestleMania access. I don't know. It's still two X's. Right. Which superstars, as soon as it's X's in place of other letters, that's generally W. Like, Z's and X's instead of the normal letters. That's WWE. Anyways. Uh, or 20. 2K's. Right. For Braun Breaker. Which superstar's career came to an end after a match against The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26? Oh, I don't know. I've never heard of this before. Uh, I don't know who that would be. Shawn but I mean, Shawn Michaels. It's not true because his career didn't end. That's true. It stopped for a while. Stopped yeah, for but, almost a decade. But yes, Shawn Michaels is correct. Twenty-one. Hulk Hogan won the first ever main event at WrestleMania. Who was his opponent? Hmm. Pity the fool who doesn't get it right. <laughs> right. Uh, Mr. T. Correct. Famous who, boxer, Mr. T. Who has the record for beating the same stu- superstar? This is a good question. Who has the record for beating the same stu- superstar the most at WrestleMania? Uh, and I have options, but I figure you could probably think about it. So same opponent beat him the most times. Austin. No, that is one of your options. Taker. Versus? Triple H. Correct. Very good. Three times. Yes. Uh, which of these superstars served as a guest referee during a WrestleMania 20 match between Goldberg and Lesnar? Steve Austin. Are you sure? Yes. Final answer. He stunned both of them. And the crowd, of course he did. The... He stuns everyone. That Boy, could... that was the only time the crowd cheered that match because they were both on their <laughs> way out, so the crowd booed the whole oh, time. Oh, that match was painful. You're right. That, it was that match. Because there was no effort involved. Which of these WWE superstars ended the Undertaker's winning streak? Hmm. Need options? Probably not. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Correct. Roman Reigns beat him two years later. No, three years later. Which of these WWE superstars had his hair shaved by Donald Trump at WrestleMania? Well, I'd call him a megastar, but uh, Vince McMahon. That is correct. And he proceeded to wear a do-rag and win the ECW title. <laughs> That's right. Which WWE legend delivered the infamous line, I'm sorry, I love you, before defeating Ric Flair to end his career? Jonathan Michaels. That was, that's an iconic moment. Even I know that one. Who doesn't remember anything? That is in my mind. Uh, which of these boxers did Shawn Michaels get knocked out by at WrestleMania? Mickey Rourke. <laughs> nope. What? No. Your options? Oh, wait, that was Jericho. Yeah. Oh, Tyson. Correct. All right. Wow, you don't know anything about wrestling. We t- this is what we learn every week, that you don't know much. Which WrestleMania marked the beginning of the Austin era? Mania 13? No. 12? Close, no. 14? Correct. I would say 13, because that was the Bret Hart match. But And then what was 14? When he won the title from so I guess Michaels. I guess, that's fair. They're saying that's the start of the era when he has his title. I'd say, I guess so. I, be I was just thinking, because like, the submission match was... A, a big, big deal turning too. point. It was, him, right? right? That was the so. double. Was that the double turn? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's famous too. Final question. Which of these superstars inflicted a body slam on Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3? Inflicted. And a what body would be slam. one of the most iconic WrestleMania moments? Talk about a hard question to end with. I'm assuming Bobby Heenan slammed him. Uh, definitely. Right? Uh, Hulk Hogan. Correct. 
Um, so now just pulling some, because they always do this at the end of the chapter, there's did you know? So I'm going to turn it into a question. Which WrestleMania or what year did WrestleMania have the first women's match as a main event? Oh, uh, 2019. Correct. 35. Um, and which WrestleMania had the most people in attendance according to WWE who lie? Yes, who lie about their attendance all the time. Do you remember approximately There's what? like 101,000 something. <laughs> what? Why would you know that? That was my first WrestleMania. 101,763. Very good. That's my first Mania. So not only did you know almost all of the questions, you knew the did you know section as well. So good I job. I did know. They, you, I answered that question too. Did you know? I did. You did know, in fact. Very well done. Now we'll go back to talking about more wrestling as we take a look at, we're back at it this week with NXT UK. All right, so NXT UK this week. This should be fresh in our minds because we watched it shortly before coming down here, right? So uh, On Saturday. I've still got notes, though, but um, <laughs> I should remember most of it. Biggest thing we noticed was what right off the bat? Well, you noticed. Uh, oh, there's actual people. people. It took me a second, but I was like, oh, my God, actual people. I feel like maybe that's part of what was making us like, this is not as good as it was, right? Because they suddenly went to no people. They had people when we were liking it, I think. Yeah, because I think they stopped having people after that empty arena match. And the, yeah, they did, which, right? These people walked funny. out and then never came back. They just back. never came back. Until this week, I guess. But anyways, so the show opens with a video package of Isla Dawn attacking Mako Satomura a few weeks ago, and then a few little um, talking sound bites or whatever from each of them going into tonight's main event title match. We go right into our first match, which is D Familia, uh, Rohan Raja. The world's greatest theme song. Rohan Raja and Charlie Dempsey, which is a cool combination. Taken. Yeah, on. but I just think it's kind of funny that now they're just shifting. Like, cause I thought it was like supposed. To, I thought it was Dempsey, or sorry, I thought it was Raja and Tailman. Right. So like, it's just kind of they weird seem that they to just, just switched. You yeah. Know? Um, facing new NXT 2.0 jobber. We'll talk about that later. A kid and <laughs> his um friend. I don't know Saxon Huxley, right? Who he's trying to turn from a madman to a of. gentleman <laughs> right um so really early on we get a nice leaping kick by a kid to dempsey huxley then dominates for a bit with a pretty unorthodox style we get a half and half with a bridge by dempsey a fisherman suplex with a bridge by dempsey for two um a hoxley hot tag leads to a thez press to dempsey for two Tailman, the finish comes uh he causes a distraction and rohan raja hits it like a leaping flatliner i guess for the win um, I thought this was actually a pretty fun, it didn't get a ton of time, but it was a fast paced opener. I really like Dempsey in this because we saw some more of his technical offense and he does things a little bit differently. Like, I don't it's know if you noticed, like, but he does know, like, like a, he did like kind of like a, I don't know if it's the right word, but it was like a dragon screw, but it was different and it looked cool. And even just his bridging suplexes look really good. Like his bridge is really high and really strong. Right. I find him like you do too. I think he's really interesting to me. So I enjoyed this. I, I'm happy D Familia picked up a win too because I I like their faction and I want them to start building some momentum. Um, because we know that's the most important thing in WWE is momentum, right? So right. Um, I thought this was a good TV opener, like a good NXT UK opener, right? They only have an hour show, so you can't be putting on like 15, 20 minute clinics all the time. But I thought this was a fun opening match. What about you? Yeah, I think it was pretty. So I like I, I like you said. I think Dempsey's super interesting. So I like. I like being able to see him. I think he's kind of interesting. I think Raja is pretty solid too. Like, he is. He's nothing a... like special, but I think he. I think he's pretty good. Um, and I think like 
I, Huxley's okay. I think A Kid was solid, but not on his best year. Like, I feel it, like it, his it was stock solid, has fallen somehow. Yeah, it was. Just, I wonder what could have happened. It's not like he was doing anything that might make him look weak. What do you mean? He, he's not at all looking In weak NXT? anywhere, right? No, but this was probably before, I guess, right? I don't know. Taped. Yeah. No. Well, if we're going like in kayfabe, it takes yes. place after. Yes. So I guess like, but um, I think it was, it was a solid opener. Just nothing like. No, it didn't blow me away, gonna, but I was. Exactly. That's my, what I was going to say. Not going to blow you away. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we then get a recap of Wild Boar showing up and attacking Symbiosis. I think that was last week. They and said two weeks ago. We learned that Wild Boar will face Tyson T-Bone, who is now, as you noticed, just T-Bone. Which I don't know. I feel like they probably because, already changed that, but I didn't notice. Because WWE. That's your reason. Although this this one I actually think kind of works, like just because it's... um. It's kind of six of one half dozen of the other for me. I don't care either way. Well, just just I don't care like, much I, about T-Bone in general. Yeah, this, but. It, just, it doesn't matter a lot, but I think this one kind of fits. Right. It, it works. So Amal is trying to give her thoughts on the upcoming Mako Satomura Isla Dawn match tonight, but she's immediately interrupted by Zaya Brookside, who's being really sweet and pleasant because she wants a rematch. Um, Amal ends up accepting the rematch, and then it's Zaya by herself on the phone with Daddy, and she sounds like devious and conniving, and maybe that somebody else is coming. I can't. Devious. That maybe she's got people coming. I'm not sure, but anyways, that's her standard thing. I I feel like her character work's getting better. Um, I don't know if I need to see another Amal Zaya Brookside match, but I guess we're gonna get one. That's fine. I mm-hmm. guess, I don't know. It'll be like one of those middle of the show matches that isn't bad probably so but it's just kind of there right we then do get t-bone versus wild boar um boar enters through the crowd right chases symbiosis away quickly and then um he's struggling at the beginning of this because he really wants to get at um eddie dennis because i guess he kicked him out of the group so he keeps kind of turning his attention to eddie dennis which is allowing t-bone to take control he sends wild boar to the floor into the barricade and then a little bit later like boar's legs were a leg was kind of on the ropes and T-Bone attacks his leg. We end up getting a fallaway slam later by T-Bone. German suplex and then a T-Bone suplex, wink, wink, by Ooh. a wild boar to T-Bone. Um, and then we get sort of a spear that shoves T-Bone back into the corner. Um, Primate looks like he's trying to get involved here, but he gets knocked down and wild boar hits like a, I put a leaping underhook quote, question mark DDT. It wasn't just a normal DDT, I didn't think. I didn't catch it. I think it might have been underhook, but anyways. Um, so he DDTs Tyson T, sorry, T-Bone for the win, and then Boar uh, sort of chases Eddie Dennis out of there. Um, I find Wild Boar really interesting because he's very short, but very strong, and I just kind of like wrestlers that look de- uh, different, and I think he's got good intensity. Um, I don't know, I quite like him. I'm not a big fan of Tyson T-Bone. He's just got that, like, brawling style, and then he'll throw in, like, one suplex and one fallaway slam. So, I don't know. Um, for what it was, I thought it was fine. I don't think it was a great match, but a decent reintroduction to Wild Boar, who picks up a win. Uh, I guess he's kind of w- maybe working his way up to face Eddie Dennis, because Eddie Dennis does wrestle, right? So I imagine he's maybe fighting his way to the final I boss think it, here. I think it'd be interesting for him to face Primate, because they were the tag yes, team. they were. I like Wild Boar. There's something about him I find just kind of different. He's and not like the best, but I think he's just he's just kind of interesting. Yeah, kind he's of cool. Funny looking, but like yeah, he, he looks cool. Yep. I like yeah, him. I think it was solid. Like not like the the not the best match, but I think it I think it was good. And like um, I don't know their styles. It's not like the most like it's not like work rate, but I think T Bone's fine. I think Wild Boar is pretty cool, so I I liked it just as like a 
a showcase a bit for uh wild boar yeah t-bone's a brawler and you've got to have brawlers but i just i don't know i'm not a huge fan of him uh Ilya dragunov quickly talks about roderick strong then um Ilya, using a little bit of wordplay here he says that he had to be strong to become champion and he and strong know that diamonds are made under pressure referring to the diamond mine gimmick i guess um he says it'll be an honor to face strong but Dragonov is a diamond that doesn't crack under pressure. Um, not my favorite Dragonov promo. It felt kind of heavily. I liked it. Felt kind of heavily scripted, right? But it is um, kind of funny because you said what strong something on NXT just did. Um, he just lost to someone. He or something. sure did. We'll get to that. He lost pretty quickly. So mm. again, it's like we're gonna swap a kid and Roderick Strong and have them just. I don't know, not do but very well. I'm kind of okay with it because I think Strong versus Dragonov will me be too. sick. That could be awesome because they are both willing to beat the hell out of each other. So Yeah, I don't mind this excursion for Roddy. No, I don't, I don't either. Like, I, even if it's like super short term. Especially if he's going to stay on NXT and just lose to rookies every week, I'm fine with him going elsewhere. Yeah, right? I think it's really odd and random, but I'm not complaining. Nope, the match should be good. Um, So a little thing here was a bit strange earlier in the week. Kenny Williams is leaving the building and he finds out that his car's basically been stripped. It's up on blocks. The wheels are gone. I think there was other damage or doors open. Looks like his car's been raided or whatever. He says that someone is messing with him. And then whoever the interviewer or person off camera asks um, if he thinks it's related to the note from last week, which I don't remember. And I think I actually watched last week. But anyways, and he tells... It's who, obviously Gradwell. He tells whoever asked the question to get out of his face. That seems where it's going right and i think kenny has decent charisma right and i, I kind of like him he does work as a heel i think um i guess this is an attempt to add a bit of mystery to nxt UK. right the only thing i didn't like is that like it's obviously gradwell like who Unless else is they're they have gonna swerve with? us but yeah i mean that seems to be where it's going right, right? that they've been having this kind of battle and right. he he dared to cut off gradwell's fabulous locks of hair right so... <laughs> locks and locks <laughs> literally lock maybe it was like one <laughs> tiny chunk but anyways right um yeah it was fine kenny williams yep. i think is a good performer yeah so. i kind of like him me too um we then get my favorite jobber or enhancement talent which is danny jones i i like this guy i don't know what it is about <laughs> yes, him anyways do. he's facing jordan devlin here we get stiff strikes to, to start before a back elbow takes danny jones down we get some rope rope running ending in a pretty stiff knee to Jones midsection. Jones a little bit later fires up, lands some forearms and insiguri a high knee and an exploder suplex for a two count and a nice little flurry. Then Jones has we I rewound this to show you the he has him in a Devlin in a chin lock and then sort of flips him over his hip, maintaining his grip and transitioning into a submission. I thought it looked cool actually. Um eventually Devlin hits his slingshot cutter that stops Jones' momentum. And then he, Devlin, hits a pretty nasty-looking brain buster to pick up the win here. Uh, I like this. I, Danny Jones is, my, I said it, my favorite enhancement talent. And I thought he showcased some good fire here and a, um, some cool offense that I thought looked good. So Devlin didn't get as much as I thought. Like, I thought it was going to be a more dominant um, performance for Devlin. But the finishing combination of the, the, the cutter, springboard cutter and the brain buster looked pretty good. And again, he didn't even need his main finisher to finish Danny Jones, which I'm okay with. Um, so I thought for like a mid-show enhancement match, this was pretty good. You? Yeah, I think I don't like him as much, but I think Danny Jones is pretty good as far as jobbers go. I think he, he tends to land some cool offense. Like I think he works well. With like If he's putting over a good talent like Devlin, I think it works he's really well. He's believable as competitive, right? right. I think. Yeah, I think he gets in some cool offense. He's competitive and does it well. And then Devlin gets a solid one. I think all around a good enhancement match. Yeah. Um, uh, better than 
uh, the wild boar match. Yeah. Um, we then get a recap of Mustache Mountain and the Carter Smith situation that then transitions into like a back and forth promo between the two. So basically, um, Mustache Mountain, Carter and Smith want a rematch, and basically Mustache Mountain have said if you beat us in singles matches, you can have a, a rematch. So Carter has already beaten Tyler Bate, and Smith will face Trent Seven, and if he can beat Seven, they will get a rematch, I believe, and I think that's next week. So Seven is then shown trying to adopt some of Tyler Bate's methods, right, like meditation and his whole Zen attitude, saying that it seems to work for Bate. So Seven's gimmick seems to be right now that he will do anything to remain a champion, right? So because he's like more of the veteran, I think. And I, so I feel like what's going to happen, and I thought this was a solid back and forth promo, right? I I like that style of promo. We've talked about that. I think it sort of limits the amount people can say. So if they're not super strong, it hides that a little bit. Um, but because the focus seems to be on Trent being willing to do anything to win, my guess is that he's going to be willing to cheat at some point, and that that's not going to sit well right. with Bait Bait, who's like the ultimate zen baby face right so i feel like that's where it's going maybe yeah i could see that definitely being to a mustache mountain split which could be a nice lengthy feud between those two which would have some sick matches too so i'm okay if that's where it's going what did you think of this um yeah i like it i like the i think the back and forth moments were cool i think i think it makes more sense for carter to be beating bait than ashton smith being trent seven because a trent seven's more desperate but also ashton smith is just he's Ashton Smith. I, I've been impressed with Carter lately, right? But Smith's kind of bland still, I think. Yeah, he's just he can of... wrestle, but I don't really care yeah. that much, you know. Um, so I, I guess I, I, he'll probably win just to get him another title shot. I but, think so too. Um, I thought this was cool. This was fine. Like I like the, I like the style, so that helps for sure. My guess would be they get their rematch. Seven cheats to win. Maybe Tyler Bate doesn't notice in the moment or something. Finds out later. Doesn't like it chaos ensues etc etc could be wrong but it feels like that to me no that makes sense uh we then get a video package that's sort of i guess mark coffee's gonna get a heritage cup shot as noam dar is sort of taking on the members of gallus it looks like so coffee will be next week coffee says he's learned from everyone else's mistakes against dar but mentions kind of that he hasn't had many singles matches in nxt uk and dar sort of mocks him for this refers to him i think as like the driver for gallus kind of thing and says that this match against Dar is kind of the peak of Coffee's uh, time in NXT. So I thought it was fine. I'm not a huge Mark Coffee fan. No, I'm Dar is always entertaining, but uh, I can't imagine Coffee wins this match. Hopefully, it's a good match. I I prefer Joe Coffee. Um, I don't know if I've seen many Mark Coffee singles matches, so I'm kind of interested. Uh, from that he point, had the but... one against Shaw Samuels. Oh right. Um, so I don't know. This was fine. Whatever. Yeah, it was fine. I'm not big on Mark Coffee, like Joe Coffee. But that being said, he just hasn't had as much as Joe. No, but I do think Joe. But I better. think there's probably a reason for that. Too, yeah, right? but um, I guess this could be okay because Dar's really good. But yep. Uh, main event time for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Isla Dawn. She has faced Mako Satomura before, and she will face her again here. So right away, Isla Dawn is sort of just face washing or shoving Mako's face right and that fires Mako up she lands some hard strikes right away and then they end up in the ropes and Isla Dawn obviously is going to do an unclean break and that gives her the advantage for a while um a little later there's some quick strikes and kicks from Mako that look pretty good Dawn then snaps Mako's neck over the top rope to gain the advantage again Mako gets run into the barricade and hit with a high knee another high knee in the ring I thought looked pretty nice from um Isla Dawn takes Mako down Running double knees by Dawn for two. 
Spinning heel kick from Mako now shifts the momentum back. We get a Saito suplex. Sorry. Sorry. What am I supposed to call it? A doomsday no. suplex. <laughs> doomsday suplex. Sorry. Saito suplex no. by Mako for a two count. Um, Isla Dawn gets her knees up on a Mako frog splash. We get a fisherman suplex by Dawn for a near fall. Rolling kick and a D uh, Death Valley driver by Mako for a two count. A DDT by Mako, but Isla Dawn avoids the handspring kick that I think is Mako's finisher, right? Um, so she moves out of the way of that. And then, my best, I'm such a great, uh, maybe you can give me a technical name, but the roll-up that she won with, that Mako won with, right. where her leg's kind of like behind Isla Dawn's neck. I don't know what to call it, but it, <laughs> it looked pretty cool. And so Mako wins with this modified roll-up. I don't know what to call it. Isla Dawn steals the title, and you pointed out like Mako didn't really put up a fight as Isla Dawn just right. gra grabbed. Because Isla Dawn's gimmick is she loves trophies from every match, right? Like she wants to take something, a memento, and put it in her little box of, right. of treasures. So she's stolen the title, and she leaves, basically. And that's pretty much the show, right? Um, I like this match. Isla Dawn, again, like seems to be a theme tonight. It's a lot of people I didn't expect getting a ton of offense in matches. So she got a lot of time on offense. I thought she looked pretty good. I didn't think Mako looked quite as good as usual, maybe because she was selling for so much. But I think maybe she's trying to elevate Isla Dawn. They really need to elevate somebody, right? Because who's believable as a champion right now? I mean, I thought they did a decent job with Davenport, but then she... Okay, considering I will take anything, and I mean absolutely anything. Yeah. Send Baszler. <laughs> Send Baszler, right. <laughs> So we got the result I expected here. I thought it was a pretty solid main event. I don't think it was a blowaway match, but I, I enjoyed it. I think it. it was all right. I think I think Don got in some solid offense, but I think at the same Sorry. time, some of it was just kind of basic. Yeah. But I think generally she was fine. Um, I think the finish was okay. Yeah. I don't love another stealing belt storyline, but... And I think Mako... Whatever. I would have been fine with Mako winning by her finisher, right? Like, right. I don't... I think it should have been more decisive. I think that's supposed um, to make Don look strong because... Mako had to use like an alternate finisher, but I, I don't know. And I, I, I guess didn't love so then that she choice. could steal the title, but then I don't know why Mako did not seem like hard pressed to try to take title back right mm -hmm. then and there. So no, she didn't make much of an effort. Didn't really. even try to grab it when there's a tug of war and try to chase after her, like, oh no, you're out of the ring. You took my thing. Right. I'm in the ring. I cannot get you until next week. Right. Like I thought that was kind of, but I think the match itself was fine. Just nothing like amazing. Um, main event, or sorry, the overall thoughts, I, I was mostly entertained. Like, I didn't think there was any bad matches. Was there anything that was, like, amazing and I'm like, you better go out and watch it if you didn't see it? No. But I thought the show moved along at a pretty good pace. Um, I don't think there was anything I disliked. Um, maybe some stuff wasn't as strong as it could be, but overall I thought it was a pretty solid show. I'm gonna settle in on a B just short of a B plus, I think. Like I enjoyed it, but again, none of the matches were like awesome, but none of them were bad either. Yeah. Right. And I didn't think any segment, I didn't hate any segment. Because there were a few weeks in a row where we were like, there's some pretty stupid segments, right? The quest for the leather vest. Right. So oh yeah, that seems to have gone away That's for a, a good bit, rhyme. which I'm fine. But yeah, I thought it was a B show, like worth watching, but not amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I think I think that's fair. I think everything on the show was like good or fine. Um, nothing amazing, nothing terrible. I think mm -hmm. some segments I like, some of them I like less. Some of the matches I like, some of them like I like less. I saw, I'd go with a B, maybe like a little on the lower side. Yep. But I would say like a B is a fair spot, yeah. Nice. 
All right, so that's going to wrap up NXT UK, and we're going to shift into Your our... Your favorite show. What might be our final segment? Do we have any figuring out? Do we know yet? Uh, I think, I don't know, there might be a little bit, but I don't think we'll there's check. a ton. But anyways, we'll move into the next segment, at least, which we call Any Other Wrestling Business. All right, so the only thing I have for Any Other Wrestling Business this week is... is everyone's favorite wrestling beloved show. Beloved NXT 2.0. I mean, hey, it is. You can't say it's not. You, that, you, you know now. That I review for you listeners because you should not watch it on your own. You should simply let me watch it and summarize it for you because if, it's if not, you're already here not worth watching do not come just for an nxt review if you do i would be sincerely hurt so this episode starts with mellow and trick arriving trick williams arriving to the arena in their bentley and reminder that there will be two more qualifying matches tonight for the ladder match at stand and deliver and trick lists all of the people involved in the two matches tonight and we're straight into the first match between two of those people and that is Solo Sokoa taking on recent transfer student to NXT UK, Roderick Strong, <laughs> for a spot in the ladder match at Stand and Deliver. So, Wait, so based on who's staying and who's not, I wonder, wonder who's, who's going to win this, right? right? Based on also the NXT formula of veterans lose to rookies. I also I wonder, wonder who's going to hit a Samoan splash through a ladder. Right. Um. Yeah. Probably. Also, I think they're going to another venue. Like they're going to do like an arena or something. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if it's an arena, but like point is not PC. Right. So that's so that's something. cool. That's not nothing. Of course, they waited till bad NXT to do that. Right. Uh. So both these guys are working what I call the pretty boring striking and like ground and pound style. With strong not showcasing what I love about him, which is his speed and technical ability. Right. Like not much of that. Whether Sakoa. Whether Sokoa's not ready for it, or I don't know what it was, but it was pretty ordinary. Um, there is a backbreaker by Strong, an angle slam by Strong. Escobar walks out. He's one that's already qualified for the ladder match, so I guess he's here scouting or whatever. Samoan drop by Sokoa. They both go up top. Roddy gets pushed off, hit with a splash, and Sokoa wins in just over nine minutes. Um, just further evidence, right, of the role of veterans on this show, I think. Put over the young talent. I really thought this was a very ordinary for Roderick Strong. This is about as ordinary as it's going to get. Like, not a bad match. <laughs> Which sucks because he's pretty ordinary out of the ring. <laughs> he is very bland. Um, so not a bad match, but really just kind of there. Like, a, you know, if you're grading a match, like it's a C minus kind of thing. Like, it doesn't fail, but it's not very good. Um, but speaking of not very good, Indy and Persia talk about. An article that was in TMZ that must have been Ooh. planted by WWE. There must have been a promotional Or feed. either it's fake. It could be that. Well, I just think it's a real article, but I think that there's an it's they did not do it on their own. They well, were of course. If if there's an it. article, like of course it's not real. So it was about their makeout competition. So they're arguing <laughs> about who the article was really more about and who has more views on social media or whatever. I don't care. Um so here's the you ready for this? They should argue about who has more swipes on Tinder. Persia says index is out and Duja is in. <laughs> Love it. Um, and she says that or Indy comes back and says Loomis will defeat Tony D'Angelo tonight and Persia can come watch if she wants. Bad idea, Indy. Anyways, um, this was yeah. adolescent valley girls arguing about inconsequential things, and it was awful. From and way annoying. down under. So just like this, 
This isn't how adults behave. These isn't what adults would say. This isn't. Anyways, it's fine. I say it every week. It's for it's for adolescents, preteens. This is like a tween show at this point. I feel like Tony D'Angelo's taken on Dexter Loomis. So we've got a rookie versus oh a veteran. God, I remember they had this match before and it wasn't very good. So I wonder what's going to happen. Rookie versus veteran on NXT 2.0. That's Can't. a win for Dexter. We'll see. So Indy, Duke Hudson, and Persia Parada are all there. And we're told how well they are all doing on social media. <laughs> My notes say because that's how teenagers measure their worth. So maybe not oh, just true. teenagers, but as a person with no social media, I can't relate. Uh, we get a one of my, I was talking to someone today who didn't believe me. Like, you've never had any social media. I'm like, no, nothing ever. R- come on. Not even because I'm old, right? So not even Facebook? I'm like, no, never. But anyways, uh, big belly to belly by Tony early on. Follow a slam by Loomis. Barrett calls Loomis a freak in the bedroom. <laughs> really, Wade Barrett? Like, oh my God, what is this show? He's anyway. also the one who said Gantar. <laughs> D'Angelo puts his hat on mid-match at ringside for some reason. Thought that was notable. <laughs> <laughs> we get a corner clothesline. It is in- funny. Corner clothesline into a bulldog by Loomis before a back suplex. You know how he does his little flurry and he ends it with a leg drop? Leg drop completely missed because Tony D'Angelo was rolling to do something else, but Loomis went for the cover anyways. It was a pretty awesome spot. Like <laughs> you should, you could. I'll probably send you a link okay, to it okay. because it's pretty funny. Like right. completely whiffs on the leg drop, go for the cover anyways, mm-hmm. bud, because that's what you do. Anyways, obviously Duke Hudson distracts Dexter Loomis. D'Angelo and um is going for his crowbar, and Persia's trying to stop him from getting the crowbar. But as Tony D rips it away from her. It hits Loomis, and then he follows up with his fisherman suplex, and Tony D'Angelo picks up the win uh, here. Obviously, honestly, another very average match. And I've actually liked some Tony D'Angelo matches, right? This one was pretty average. The veteran puts over the newcomer, obviously. I think it was a little bit better than the opener, but still nothing special at all. It was clear a distraction finish was coming as soon as Indy invites Persia to come watch the match, right? Like, obviously, you're telegraphing that, and it did happen. Um, I guess Persia accidentally helping Tony knock out Loomis is kind of probably going to be the last straw for Indy, as if anyone actually cares. So D'Angelo cuts a promo after ripping Tommaso Ciampa and claiming that he will become the new Dawn of NXT. Ciampa sneaks up behind him, hits a Willow's Bell, talks about stand and deliver, basically implying that it'll be his final match and he's going to go out on a fairy tale ending. Ha ha ha. Yikes. Me and Oscar bound. Scripted madness. Um, Mackenzie is then talking to Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Roode reminds us he's a former NXT champion and that he made NXT what it is today. Not true, but okay. Ziggler wants Roode to pummel Breaker tonight, but to leave some scraps for him at Stand and Deliver. Very standard stuff. Totally fine. Uh, Grayson Waller is talking. He said he needs to be on the marquee for Stand and Deliver. He won his last man standing match, and he will win the ladder match at Stand and Deliver. But first, he must beat A-Kid. Don't worry, you will, pretty quickly. Um, He spends a bit of time putting over A-Kid, but he's confident that A-Kid will not win. So am I. Um, I think uh, actually a solid promo. Waller has good charisma. He's one of the new crop that I have some time for. Like The the promo itself was pretty generic, but he delivers it pretty well. We then get uh, Electra Electra Lopez versus Fallon Henley. So Fallon Henley, she's accompanied to the ring by Briggs and Jensen, and obviously Mendoza and Wilder there too. 
So Henley's ring gear is now more in line with Briggs and Jensen. She's like wearing cut off jean shorts. Country and, girl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the men at some point pretty early on uh, brawl on the floor and they get thrown out. So Henley gets a brief flurry in after that distraction. But Lopez ends up hitting a blue thunder bomb for the win in under four minutes. So it's a one of those matches. The usual NXT enhancement one match. One of those matches. Although I will say Henley seems to be decent in her role. So I think she's got, like, to me, I'd rather watch a Fallon-Henley match than a Jade, uh, Cora Jade match, right? And one of them is, like, the face of the division, basically, and one is a jobber. So I would reverse those roles. Well, maybe not face the division, <laughs> but... um, So I think... If it had to be those two. Right. I think Henley might become something more than enhancement talent down the line, hopefully. um, In the Emmy Award-winning segment, for acting here. Whew. Draco Anthony's in the locker room, ignoring repeated phone calls from Joe Gacy, who's still trying to recruit him to his little group. And Zion Quinn walks in. Um, so they watch one of Gacy's messages together, because that's what you do. Uh, and he's still recruiting Anthony. Anthony says, he basically, I think Quinn starts speaking, and you know what you need to do. And Anthony's like, I need to handle this like a man, whatever that means in 2022. And Quinn says, well, that means aligning with Briggs and Jensen. I get, that's right. They're the manliest men. Um, and Quinn says he has Anthony's back if he needs it. Wow, Zion Quinn does not sound comfortable speaking. He is completely devoid of emotion and wooden is the word to use for him. It, it was not great. Um, I feel like there's a chance that this ends up with Quinn screwing over Draco Anthony and Quinn may be joining Gacy because... So he, he rejected Legata to join Gacy and Harlan. We, right. We are learning that he needs someone to speak for him at this point, And Gacy can do that, right? So, Or maybe I'm just trying to make this stuff more interesting because I'm bored watching the show. So I'm like fantasy booking because it's a welcome distraction from this product, I guess. Right? Anyways. Mackenzie then talks to Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. Chu says Kai will win the Dusty Cup this year with her new best friend because they're best friends now. Because um, they didn't like each other, but they started teaming. And we have so. no idea why, but they're friends now. So Chu runs down the issues between Kai and Gonzalez. Kai was skeptical about Chu, but tonight she'll win the cup for the second time, and nobody else has done that or something. Well, because there's only been one other one, so how could anyone do that? I think Raquel's But I think she's tournament. referring to the men's as well. I guess. Um, so apparently Dakota Kai's severe mental health problems have drastically improved from one week to the next. Or they've deteriorated so bad that she's best friends with Wendy too. Right. Yes. But we have no idea why since that was never part of this riveting story, right? Like, so all of these changes happen. They go from being indifferent to probably disliking to being best friends. And Dakota Kai, Kai goes from like split personality disorder to fine. And God forbid you actually develop any of this story for us, right? Nope, just tell us, right? Don't show us anything, just tell us. That's great writing, good job. Um, so I guess this was fine. It's just really hard to care about. Like, these characters are just underdeveloped, and we, they just change from week to week for no reason. So, and again, they're not behaving like human beings, so it's awkward to get into. There's a hard to connect with any of people on this show for me. Um, Robert Rude taking on Braun Breaker. So guess what? You have a veteran taking on a rookie. Any predictions on this one? Robert Roode had a triumphant return. They're going to swerve you and give one veteran a win. Nope. Um, Dolph Ziggler's at ringside, obviously. We get a suplex by Roode, who turns to acknowledge the crowd. Breaker pops up from the suplex, runs over 
um, Rude. Ziggler gets involved to help Rude avoid a breaker corner spear, and that causes Breaker to hit the ring post. So the ref did catch it, sends Ziggler to the back, no DQ or anything. Blockbuster by Rude. Frank I guess he didn't attack Breaker. I guess, technically. Frankensteiner by Breaker. Belly to belly overhead by Breaker. Spinebuster by Rude. Straps down spear by Breaker for a near fall. Ooh. Glorious DDT for a near fall. And then Rude comes off the second rope, gets caught, and just a regular old power slam pins him. And Breaker wins in about 15 minutes, which did not need to be. An Iron Man match. Um, on, on, NXT. A, on NXT, that is. Uh, Breaker walks backwards up the ramp celebrating. and Which gets, you should never do. Right. Gets floored by a Ziggler super kick. So Ziggler holds the belt in his face and taunts him. Um, a good enough match, I guess. But it felt like a main roster TV match for sure. Every match so far outside of the women's match has felt basically the same, right? The match gets up some time. It's pretty basic. The veteran puts over the youngster. So at best, the matches have been solid. Nothing really standing out to this point. But I think it's obvious at this point, Breaker can hang with the main roster talent. So I think he's going to be gone sooner than later, which seems to be what the reports are, right? That, yeah, but the plan is also for him to win the title back. Right. But then, I mean, he could basically just leave it and go still right like he so when the title back for a second time only vacate to vacate it, it right. to making it even and then more useless two-time nxt champion when he gets on the i don't know making anyways. it even more meaningless right the title and to be a two-time champion so just because it's a riveting story we're back to indy and dexter they're backstage and uh icing loomis's head from the shot with the crowbar hudson and persia come in persia basically indy's like did you do it on purpose persia's like no no i uh, he yanked it away from me and accidentally hit Loomis. Persia claims Duke can beat anyone and Loomis oh my god. There's an easel there with paper and in about twenty seconds Loomis draws a picture of Walter. So I guess that's Duke's next opponent and in fact it'll happen on this show because we make matches and they happen immediately. Short term booking. So more people Well making, when you don't have to go to management. You know you just you draw a picture or say it out loud, and it happens. I assume right? Walter's probably watching, or he'll get notified, I guess. So Ridiculous Feud, another segment, just as pointless as the rest. Chase University switching it up, finally, Ooh. a little bit. It's basically Bodie is presenting an essay on fortitude. He talks about Von Wagner attacking Chase um, University, or Andre Chase, I guess, and Bodie showing fortitude. Some student interrupts Bodie just like they interrupt Chase. And he snaps on him just like Andre Chase does. And then Andre Chase wants to know where Bodhi learned this behavior, almost like he's going to discipline him. And Bodhi says, well, actually, I learned it from you, Chase. And then, of course, Chase loves it. Bodhi claims he's going to beat Von Wagner next week. Oh, so they're basically confirming you'll have to watch Von Wagner next week. Of course. Like he's, he Beautiful. is must-see TV. I That's imagine true. you'll be back to watch that. You know, if he's wrestling, I guess I have to be. How could you not? So I... I guess at the end of the day, this was a little bit different because I'm always saying it's been the same since week one, but not very much, right? It's basically the same formula, just plugging Bodie in for Andre's role. And I guess that means we're going to get Wagner next week. So yay to that. Yay. So A-Kid versus Grayson Waller. So you've got a little bit of a veteran versus a rookie. What do you think? <laughs> God, it's so repetitive. <laughs> it's nonsense. Um, Solo Sokoa comes down to watch this match because wrestlers be scouting, yo. <laughs> um, suicide dive by A-Kid who then counters Waller's rolling cutter into a submission a nice second rope Russian leg sweep Waller hits his rolling cutter and wins in less than three minutes yes oh, ah. how did I know so frustrating like A-Kid is awesome 
these guys could and Grayson Waller I think is actually good. These guys could have had a match that anyways, it's annoying. Could have, so, should have, would have, didn't. Mello gets on the apron, announces that all of the losers of the qualifiers will face off. Did we not talk about that being yeah, an option? Yeah, they right? always do that. Right. So they'll face off in a triple threat for the last spot in the ladder match. Wait, there's only three losers? Shouldn't there be four losers? No, because he wants four people in the match. So now there's three already, and he needs a fourth. No, but... Ah. Uh, right? Is that right. not correct? Yes. Um... So he disses A-Kid, Trick starts to talk to add on to it, but A-Kid lands that nice jumping kick to the head and then escapes and leaves. Um, so I actually kind of like Waller, but why does A-Kid have to lose so quickly? Could you not, like Breaker Rude was 15 minutes for no good reason. Could you not have plucked three or four minutes from that and given these guys, like they could have a decent six minute match, I'm pretty confident. I don't know. Um, this made A-Kid look like enhancement talent. I, it makes me think there's not plans on him staying very long, that they're just going to have him put some people over and ship him back to the UK, which whatever, I guess. Um, it's fine. And I was right about the second chance triple threat, and so were you, right? But that could be... That's like the most predictable thing. But that's Grimes, A-Kid, strong. So that's good. Oh, true. Right? That's true. all veterans. So I don't know who's going to win. Who's the youngest? A-Kid, probably. A-Kid. Well, but he's also not <laughs> from there, though. Right. So... He doesn't even go here. Catch 22. Right. So we get Von Wagner, thank goodness, and Robert Stone. They're talking about beating Bodie, what is it, Hayward, I think, next week. Bodie Hayward, yes. Before moving on. And then remember the attractive woman who was in the crowd that I was like, there's no way she's <laughs> right. an actual fan because wrestling fans. Um, and it's true. Because wrestling fans. <laughs> so she walks up and wants to talk business with Stone, who walks off with her. So great, I guess we're supposed to be intrigued by who this woman is and what she wants so fine um unless you don't care the creeds take on the grizzled young veterans hey jack question for you so it's veterans (laughs) taking on rookies (laughs) jesus so what do you think's gonna happen Um, copy paste grizzled young veterans Mm -hmm. taking on the young creeds so anyways, that should be their official name. Gibson walks to the ring doing his usual ranting, right? And it's fun. I thought this was funny because he's talking about jumping the creeds before the bell the la- last time. Um, and then they just immediately attack the creeds before the bell. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but that was about it. The creeds quickly take over and dominate. Grizzled young veterans actually get control of Julius, but he eventually hits Gibson with a belly to belly. Stretch muffler by Julius to Gibson. Um, actually, Grizzled Young Veterans get a flurry of double team moves, and it kind of leaves Julius alone, and Grizzled Young Veterans kind of work him over for quite a bit. They got a lot more than I thought they would, actually, in this. Julius escapes the Doomsday device, tags in Brutus, who destroys Drake with some kind of throw and that low sliding clothesline that you love so much for the win in just <laughs> over four minutes. So they got extra time. It wasn't three minutes. It was four in this one. So that's like wow. a feather in your cap, right? Mm-hmm. So post-match, a camera pops up in Diamond Mine's locker room showing that it has been destroyed and a, oh. some text appears on the screen. We don't hear a voice Not saying in the parking lot. that the Creed brothers can't find them, so enjoy the view. Yes, it's whoever attacked them is now messing with them, right? So actually for a short match, this wasn't bad. Grizzled Young Veterans were in control a lot more than I thought they would be, but it's another standard NXT match where the veterans have to lose to the rookies in a short match, so that's normal. The aftermatch was fine, or aftermath, I guess, was fine. Adds a yeah, little a match after. A little bit of um 
mystery, I guess, to who attacked the creeds. I I'm always a sucker for that. So on a show of crap, anything that's less crap stands out. So it's fine. Um, Walter's with Imperium as he heads to the ring to face Duke Hudson. And it's Walter versus Duke Hudson. The crowd is on board with me and not honoring Walter's new name. And they're chanting, Walter's going to kill you right away, which I liked. Um, Walter's dominant early. Hudson, like, tries to get things going. But basically, Walter just chops the living crap out of him to stop any momentum. Good for um, him, Walter. Some of these chops sounded, sounded like a shotgun going off. And his chest was red by the end of this. Anyways, boot by Hudson. He chops Walter. Slingshot German suplex by Hudson didn't look great because it made Walter look a little bit silly, like bent over against the ropes waiting for it. But anyways, Hudson goes for a power bomb. Walter counters with a clothesline, two hard, hard chops, a boot, and a power bomb for the win in about four minutes. So another standard NXT three to four minute match. Walter speaks briefly after, calls himself the most dominant competitor in NXT, or as my notes say, NTX. But <laughs> You love my note mistakes, eh? <laughs> That's <laughs> really amused. funny. Uh, he says he's overlooked, and it's a disgrace that someone like L.A. Knight can talk himself into title matches. Knight's music interrupts. He heads to the ring. Walter says that, I like this. Um, he said he, he represents everything wrong with wrestling. Lots of talking and little skill. The line I liked was, Knight's mouth gets him into matches, but it doesn't get him wins. I thought that was good, right? Knight then threatens Walter, which I didn't like. Like, you shouldn't. Nobody should step to Walter Ray. He should be intimidating. Although, since he's lost the, the husky boy body, he is less intimidating. I don't like fit Walter. I feel bad saying that. Yeah. But anyways, he attacks. Walter attacks him. And Imperium are obviously numbers gaming night here until... Guess who runs out to save LA Knight? Uh, the biggest baby faces in the history of the Performance Center. Who? Uh, MSK. Correct. Now, I might forget. Have they been affiliated with Knight at all? It's because they're feuding with Imperium. I guess that's it, right? Um, so they make the save. The baby faces stand tall. I actually thought this match was all it needed to be. Walter got a dominant quick win. A veteran went over a young person. Is that even allowed? They must have made a mistake. I think Walter yeah. went into business for himself here. Yeah, it's probably because like, um, maybe they wrote Walter by mistake and they're like, oh crap, Gunther was supposed to lose. I will give Hudson credit for taking these chops. And honestly... Duke Hudson's a big, big dude. He looks basically the same size as Walter when you watch this. Uh, I actually liked LA Knight and Walter's interaction afterward, especially Walter's thing about, like, your mouth gets you these matches, but it doesn't get you wins. I thought that was cool. Uh, the MSK Knight alliance seems kind of out of nowhere, but as you said, I guess it's like... It's more of a The enemy of my thing. enemy is my friend, kind of yeah. whatever deal. Great. Um, Grimes promo, he's frustrated and emotional after his loss last week. We see pictures of his father as a young man. Couldn't get any match on the card. Nope. Who is clearly... Oh, he's got his last chance now, right? So pictures of his father as a young man who is clearly a wrestler. It's him in wrestling gear holding a belt. So I, I did not know that backstory. And he says next week is the biggest match and his final chance to make the ladder match and make good on a promise he made to his father, who is now deceased. He will do whatever it takes to win this match. I thought this was good. You know me. I love reality being woven into storylines, even if it's like embellished or whatever exaggerated so i like this right um i was thinking about it right grimes has burned through several characters in the past couple years eh? or at least even if it's not complete character changes it's like subtle changes along the way and he's generally makes right. the most out of all of them right so um sure. good for him all right uh main event dusty cup final 
Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai taking on Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai. Is Toxic... there a real team in sight? Hell no. Nope. Uh, Toxic Attraction are there to watch in the Toxic Lounge again, of course. So Chu and Io start out really quick, which A, was entertaining, and B, really limited Chu's stupid sleeping stuff. He, I think she only did one thing in the beginning where it's usually like three or four at a time. So that's a bonus. Um, Chu and Dakota Kai then double team Kaylee Ray um, with running kicks in the corner. Chu blocks a 619 attempt with a pillow that she has, which was whatever. Um, it didn't bother me as much as some of her comedy stuff. Irish rip by Io. She Irish whips Kaylee Ray actually into a suicide dive to one of the opponents before Io dives over the top onto the other in a pretty cool spot. We get a belly-to-belly overhead and a cartwheel forearm by Wendy Chu. She looked really good in this match, I thought, before her nap time elbow drop for a near fall. Wendy Chu hits a belly-to-belly overhead to Kaylee Ray off the top for a two count. Um, 619 by Io Dakai before some sort of flipping move by Kaylee Ray off the second rope. I couldn't figure out what it was. It was basically like she did a flipping senton to somebody standing up. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's mm-hmm. kind of all it was. A chiropractor by Kay, uh, to Kaylee Ray, sorry, Kai goes up top. We get the double stomp reverse splash um, that has been winning them matches, but Io broke it up. I thought this looked good too. She hits a missile drop kick to Dakota Kai. That's enough force that Kai falls onto the pinfall attempt, so I like that. We get a double, double underhook backbreaker by Io that looked good. And the finish comes when um, we get the, K, the, the KLR bomb and the moonsault by Io Shirai to Wendy Chu. And we Finish get your sandwich. So it's Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai pick up the win and 10 minutes win the Dusty Cup here. Uh, this was easily my favorite match of the night. Excellent pace. Wendy Chu did less of her comedy stuff and I thought she looked really good here. If they could get her out of pajamas and just in some sort of other gimmick, I think she looks really good. So this tournament was pretty much a dud up until this point, but I thought this was a really good match. Wendy Chu really looking good. Um, just Really good pace out of the gate. A lot less of the comedy stuff. Um, no sloppiness. No glaring mistakes. Just a fun match to watch. A really good main event. I'm really happy. Like, I don't enjoy hating NXT, right? I don't want to dislike everything. So it really is nice that this show ended on a high for me. I quite enjoyed this match. Much better than anything else on this show, I thought. Overall, show wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. Um, outside of the main event, I wouldn't say I really enjoyed any of the matches, and I could have, right? Like, in theory, there's some matchups there that shouldn't have been bad, but they were just very ordinary. Um, a lot of young guys beating veterans in straightforward matches. Walter quickly beating Hudson. Lopez quickly beating Fallon Henry. Segments Henley. Were, sorry, Henley. Um, segments weren't great as usual, but I did like the Grimes vignette. Uh, too much of Indy and Persia again this week. So the show passes, the main event's good. I gave it a C minus, which is gross to say. That's probably better than the usual show, but still very uninteresting. Like just right. you're just trying to get through it, is basically yeah, like yeah. I'm not enjoying anything. I'm just trying to survive, right? And that's right. not what I want. But anyways, that's gonna finish up. You don't have anything in any other wrestling business this week. I right? do not. All right, so uh let's move into our final segment of this and every week, where Jack's gonna update us on the world of wrestling action figures in such. And that is what we call figuring it out with Jack. Um, so there are these like major wrestling pod ringside exclusive figures. They're all like one of fifteen hundred. Um, like so they're limited edition. They're like these like 
small scale figures. They're like kind of like the new Superstars line. There's Cardona, Myers, Mark Sterling, and then a major pod ref. So it's kind of they're, they're okay. It's just I the only reason I'd get them is to like so you could probably sell them later if they're one of fifteen hundred. Right. Um, they're still up on the site too, so I don't know if they just went up or if they're not selling fast. But so that's cool. Um, and there's gonna be a second series of the Ruthless Aggression figures. I forget who's in it. I think one of them's Triple H. Um, amazing. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow, that there was, was a something, mini but that was pretty much it. Yeah. Nice. All right, well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 88 of this amazing podcast. Thanks to anyone who's taken time out of their week to listen to us. Mm -hmm. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. We will be... Are we doing a WrestleMania preview episode? Maybe. Uh, oh, well... We'll See, think so about it's it. on Saturday and... So, I don't know, maybe like... So, I feel like we could, on Monday, we review Mania as a whole. Maybe we sneak a preview, because we'll probably have episode 89 out before we watch mania so we could probably fit a preview in there we might be able and to then in any other wrestling business that yeah work. it'll just be like it, you might hear it as like mania's on or something but like um we'll do we'll we'll have done it before me is what i mean right uh takeover now that i don't know how that works we'll figure it out that's during the day so that's kind of funny but best thing you could do is follow us or subscribe or whatever wherever you're listening to us and All you'll know that stuff you'll know when we put out anything new we'll definitely be back for episode 89 next yep. week and we'll see what else we come up with other than that but definitely join us again next saturday for episode 89 and until then take care